Welcome to the 338th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 28th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who is not nearly as tired as I am, Carlos Rodella. Oh, I have more energy than you do. Yes. I confirmed. Confirmed. All right. Well, I'll bring it for both of us. Please do. It's been a very busy week for me. You know, we talked about this last week a little bit, but as much as I love games and gaming and reviewing and all that stuff and podcasting, it just don't pay the bills, bro, or at least not for me. Uh, so I got to do other gigs and man, those other gigs were killing me this week. I'm so tired right now. How are you doing? Oh, that's right. You know, what's funny. I am in a time vortex because pre-show we were talking about a bunch of stuff and I had no idea what date it was <laughs> or like what games <laughs> I'd played or what this, the PlayStation showcase happened. I forgot all this stuff. And, and I went remember, to a special event also, didn't you? I went to a special event, which we'll talk about in the housekeeping. Um, but then after that, maybe the special event put me in a vortex because, ooh, pun intended, for a game later Were on in the show. you sent back into a time vortex to the, to the 80s, perhaps? Yeah, I don't know. That, and also, I don't know what's going on, because this week was a lot of work for me. This was the biggest, busiest week of my whole job so far, at my new job. Yeah. And it was, because uh, it's called Amazon Gaming Week. Uh, well, now it's over. But it was a bunch of deals and stuff, but we had a lot of sponsored showcases mm -hmm. and there was so many, you know, social posts and video clips that I had to get just right. 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 And it was like a calendar of like so much stuff. So I am super tired. Actually, I guess I am. I guess we are both tired, but I guarantee you are less tired than I am. I, I am. Just, I, I don't it. know. I got because I, I, I went through the vortex and I got energy out the other end of it. I guess. I guess. All right. Let's uh, let's crack on before I fall asleep here. Let's get started with the Damn, show. Damn, you we, are tired. I'm, dude. I'm, I'm so tired. He's <laughs> like, let's not make this a long show. I'm gonna actually fall asleep. I literally want to fall asleep. So okay. we're gonna get cracking. We're gonna cover the stuff. We have got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been a big week in terms of games for us it's been a big week in terms of other things as well let's start off with housekeeping as we all usually do well maybe not all of us you and i usually do maybe not yeah. other people but do you, uh, does everybody do it at home too do they like set up a house no one does any boxes in at home okay not, no just us folks carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape uh my side over here his side over there boxes all over the place stuffed with news that's right it's housekeeping we're cleaning up carlos what do you got this week well, just because the aforementioned PlayStation Showcase that I just said, uh, yes. that happened. That did happen this week, a couple days ago, in fact. And again, pre-show, you reminded me that it did because I forgot. Well, it was funny because we talked about it a lot last week. You did like a big buildup because you were really excited. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I made a little note to myself to make sure to watch it because I thought for sure you were going to like have all these announcements and stuff. And I wanted to make sure I, I could be able to talk about those. And then you forgot about it. <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of telling, right? It um, is, right? Our busy lives. Well, no. Also, it's telling because of the PlayStation Showcase. In my opinion, it wasn't like a slam dunk. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did, like, you, I, did you watch it like live or how did you? Yeah, I watched you, it live. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that, you know, you have state of plays, which are usually more dedicated to a couple of games. Um, PlayStation Showcase hasn't been done for, I guess, three years. Really? Which I researched, yeah. I guess in um, my mind, I didn't have a differentiation between state of play and showcase. They're all kind of, I, mean, I don't know, like, are, in your mind, do you think of them as different? I just think of, like, oh, another PlayStation announcement show. Like, they no, all kind of blend together for me. I do, because if you think about, like, an Xbox One or, like, E3 days, 
uh, and stuff that we'll get at Summer Game Fest very soon. You know, they're more like more like a bunch of announcements at once. And state of plays in general have been like just much shorter. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you know, I was kind of excited. And in, in in the short summary is because of Xbox's you know recent kind of weird issues with first party not being available and not having many first party. Yeah, yeah. You would think that PlayStation would have just came out with a showcase and been like, okay, here's all these things, including Blue Points, Bloodborne, which didn't show up. Didn't um, show up. And a bunch of other stuff like Last of Us and just other first party stuff that they they are working on. And they showed like two things instead of like, I thought they would just be the whole showcase would be tons of it. You know, you're correct. You're actually really correct. That's a good observation because I don't know if you saw it, but right after the show that PlayStation did, Xbox came out with a, like a kind of a snarky tweet and they took like a lot of the games that were announced in the PlayStation show and they're like, yeah, also an Xbox. So right. I, I thought that was interesting that, um, like you said, like they, that PlayStation did not lead the charge with a bunch of first party stuff. And they could have because they had the perfect timing. It's like, I thought it was going to be that, you know, Xbox One, uh, you know, E3 announcement all over again where they dropped yeah. the mic and they'd be like, hey, here's Bloodborne, here's this, here's Last of Us Factions. And by the way, again, I'm pretty sure Bluepoint has Bloodborne remaster probably. It's finished. got it. It's money on the fucking table, bro. Yeah. It's somewhere. Someone is going to make that, but I well, guess it, just not yet. No, I think it already is. And again, I'm sticking to that. Or I not think announced that, yet? Clearly yes, exactly. Yet, I think but... they're going to wait for Summer Game Fest. That's again my yeah. prediction. I mean, I mean, that would be the biggest fucking dumb move in history if someone's like, yeah, we're not going to port Bloodborne. Are you kidding? Like everybody in their brother and sister and their non-binary relative is asking for bloodborne and instead what we got is a bunch like you said third-party releases which again a lot of them look great yeah um, but they're for everything the one by the way that obviously a lot of people are talking about is phantom blade or phantom blade zero phantom blade zero yes that looked really cool um so that's all i have to say about that was that a third party and like for multiple systems i believe it was i think i'm not i'm not 100 confirmed like folks don't come to us for definitive news but i'm pretty sure that was a gonna be on all systems sort of thing but that one was interesting um what they showed in the trailer was uh an asian themed kind of like a mix between like a sekiro and a dark souls kind of a thing Mm -hmm. the main character had like one of those little conical shaped hats i'm not sure what you call those but kind of a samurai sort of looking thing a lot of sword play, a lot of fast combos, but it also had kind of a Dark Souls feel, like a lot of weird, gross stuff. And some of the enemies were huge enemies with mechanical parts, so there's a little bit of a Bloodborne vibe there going a little bit. But just, just overall, kind of a kind of a very Soulsy Eastern theme sort of thing. But you know, the, my biggest takeaway from that game: number one, I didn't like the way the main character looked, and number two, um, that whole game was like black and gray. Like there were like there was like no color in that game at all. I don't know if you noticed that, but for me, I was like, whoa. This entire game is like shades of gray, and I'm I'm so over that, dude. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on like you know the vibe they're going for, but um, I don't know. It just I like the uh, action and stuff like that. I mean, the action did look good. I'll definitely play it because you and I both are kind of playing those games these days. Yeah, um, I, I just like man, a little bit of color wouldn't kill anybody. Maybe, and of course, it was a trailer. Maybe there's all, maybe there's a clown themed level. Maybe there's like a, yes, a beach level. Who knows, that. right? Who knows? But I think what, what else caught your eye, Carlos? That's the next, the first level or the second level is the clown themed level. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, also, um, yeah. So Dragon's Dogma, like that's one of my, you know, huge things from the show. Again, not probably Dragon's Dogma two. Dragon's Dogma two. Yeah, not exclusive or anything like that. No. Probably. But um, yeah, we've been waiting for Dragon's Dogma for a while. Forever, forever, dude. Yeah. Like, like at least what, like eight years, ten years, maybe more than that. I don't even know how really long. Really has been that long. Yeah, it's been a long time. But Dragon's Dogma, 
That was such an amazing game. Um, I know that you and I both enjoyed that one. And I feel like there's a growing core of people who kind of learned about it or have played it by now. But Dragon's Dogma, wow, what an amazing thing. Like this experimental open world RPG from Capcom, of all people, blending blending like freeform RPG quests with Monster Hunter-ish combat with all sorts of like traditional RPG systems and a brand new pawn system, which um, I don't think anybody else has done since then, where yeah. you create an AI helper to round out your party, but then that helper can go to other people online and teach them things that they learned with you. What an amazing game. And I, it's, it blows me away that it's taken them this long to get around to it. So I'm, I'm down on day one for that motherfucker for sure. So am I. And I remember like watching on YouTube, like a developer diary or whatever, when they announced they were going to make it again uh, or make it, you know, in general. Yeah. So yeah, very excited about that. Um, obviously Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. Sure, I don't know. sure, sure. Everyone loves Spider-Man. I'm one of the only people who don't care I don't, too I much. don't love it. I mean, I haven't played the Miles Morales, and I heard Miles Morales was better than the original Spider-Man. But, like, dude, I, it kind of blows me away just to be – just real talk. We don't do anything but real talk on this show. The original Spider-Man game, animation, great. I love Spider-Man. That's great. Web-slinging, awesome. But, like, so much combat, like, way too much combat oh, and way good. too many tchotchkes on the map. Like, it just was, like – Yuck, dude. Like, I felt like I was bored of playing that game before I was even halfway through. Like, I needed it to be more concise and just to get to where it was going. And, oh, I just, it, it wore me out, dude. I just really wore me out. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I do think I, people say the Miles Morales is shorter, more compact, which is what I wanted. So, I'll play that. And, uh, but I still love Spider Man and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm interested. I got an eye on it. I don't know. Talk about real talk. Yeah. I noped out of Spider Man 1. Oh, same. I quit. I didn't finish it. I quit it. Yeah, yeah I just straight up. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, there's so many. Okay, now a new area where we're going to fight a million bad guys again. Oh, so much And fighting. I kept, like, Ugh. dying, too. Like, oh, I'm Spider-Man. I'm It was difficult to be, real, to be also real talk again, more real talk. It was actually pretty difficult, the combat was. Uh, like, un- unnecessarily difficult, I thought. Yeah, they're like regular bad guys with, like, you know, a little knapsack with money on it. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't beat that one. I can't beat that guy. Yeah, Peter Parker um, got his ass kind of beat in that game. Obviously, Metal Gear Snake Eater, everyone really excited about. Are they? Uh, I mean, I guess people are. Well, I it got leaked before the show, and so people were like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, I mean, let, so, me, let me ask you about this, though, Carlos, because are you a big Metal Gear guy? I don't think of you as being a big Metal Gear guy. I'm not, but I really liked Five. Which was think, the Phantom Pain, right? Was Five the Phantom Pain? What, what's the one? That's that the, the open world one? one, right? Is that the last one? I believe Phantom Gear. Wait, oh, fuck, Phantom, Phantom Gear. Gear. Metal Gear Five: The Phantom Pain. That was the one where we got that really big playable demo, and then the actual game was the open world game. Correct? I believe that's what. Yeah, it was. with like the '80s cassettes and stuff. Yes, that was yeah. number five. That was good. Yeah, I, I really that liked. One. That. I really enjoyed that one too. Metal Gear Solid Three. I'm trying to remember Snake Eater. I believe that was the one where you fought. Um, the boss at the end, is that correct? I don't am know. I, am I, I didn't wrong play it. That one? I just saw it or maybe played it. Wasn't it GameCube or something? I don't know. I feel like it was... Uh, no, that was Twin Snakes. I think that oh. was something else. I, I, I played it. I've played them all. Okay. But I don't remember this as being one that I was... I mean, but again, I'm not the world's biggest Metal Gear fan. I'm not like a Metal Gear, like, devotee. Like, I, you know, I like the series, but I don't think it's like God's gift or anything. So... Yeah. I'm not, like, mega excited for this one. I'm not either. Uh, I'm just going through the list of some stuff I see online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The other one was the Bungie reviving Marathon, and a bunch of people liked that, but I had no idea what Marathon is. Oh, that was what Halo was supposed to be before Halo was Halo. Like, back oh. when, like, even before Halo became a thing, like, 
it, Halo was originally like some kind of like a real time strategy or something. I forget. It went through like a couple iterations before it became what we know of it as today. But Marathon was originally like their first jam. Um, I never played it. It was not on. I think it was like on Mac or something. I believe it was something <laughs> I had wow. heard of it from my my nerd circles, but it was nothing I had ever played. But I I know of it. But okay, I, I, you know I'm not the biggest Bungie fan anyway, so nothing they do excites me. So um, yeah, I'm not like super excited. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm looking at the list, there is a couple more things that are obviously huge. One, the thing that I also uh, heard about through a leak and told you about, but Helldivers 2. Yeah, dude. Boy, mixed feelings on that one. I know because it's not the same perspective. Instead of an ISO kind of thing, it's third person. So, like, the whole family, like, my whole family is a huge Helldivers fan. In fact, we we are such Helldivers fan. I I had a mug made. Uh, I had custom artwork made, and it is the central piece of artwork in our living room. Nice. Um, so I love Helldivers, dude. Don't no no two ways about it. But Helldivers one pretty close to being a perfect game, and I can understand the developer like like where do you go when you basically make something perfect? Because if you had asked me, Brad, as a person who played Helldivers one and basically did everything in it and played it for a thousand hours, what would you improve in this game? And Brother, I don't even know what I would even tell you to improve in it. And I'm a fucking game critic. So it's like, I can understand how they wanted to do something different, right? Because I don't, what else would you do except for add more guns, add more monsters, add more, you know, that's, that's, that's boring, right? That's not really like a number two, but to go behind the back third person, I'm like, "Mm." and, and make the narrative. I think that I don't remember the narrative being so starship troopers heavy. Oh, it's 100%. It was. Yeah. Exactly. Helldivers one was. Oh yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. Wow, I can't remember that. Okay, so yes, then they're, freedom, they're really leaning patriotism. into that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, same, yeah. same shtick. Um, but I so this okay. So maybe people don't understand why I'm hesitant about this, right? Brad, it's your favorite game. Don't you want more of it? I sure do. But the thing, like you said, Carlos, the isometric perspective, the top-down perspective in Helldivers, meant that you get a good sense of the battlefield. And this is the game where friendly fire is on all the time, and literally you guys die if you nudge them wrong. So you have to be really conscientious about friendly fire. So having an isometric perspective meant you had great situational awareness and you could really easily gauge if the grenade you were about to throw was going to kill your buddy or if the turret you had was going to mow you down because you had a good sense of where things were at all times. When you go to a behind-the-back perspective, that really limits what you can see. You can only see what's in front of you. It's not as limited as first person, of course, but like you still have a forward-facing view. There could be all kinds of stuff going on behind you that in an isometric view you could deal with, but in in a third person behind the back view, you're not going to know. And I'm just like, how is this going to work? And even in the video, they showed one of the troopers throwing a grenade. Like when you threw it in Helldivers, the first one, you would see exactly where it would go. And you'd be like, okay, that's going to miss my buddy. I can throw it or it's going to hit my buddy. I can't throw it. Right. You're like you got to know like in a fraction of a second. In this one, it's just like a mess of stuff on screen. There was monsters and gunfire and, and smoke. And one of the guys just throws a grenade into it. And I'm like, Okay, but like that's not how you play Helldivers. You don't just like fire and forget and hope for the best. Like you are very tactical and you're very careful if you play it well. And so I'm like, how am I ever gonna gauge that? I don't I mean yeah. I'm I'm open to it. I'm not I'm not against it, but man, I got a lot of questions that I just I don't know, man. Well, two things. One, when you originally said sometimes people say, Oh, I don't want more of the same game, I say I say I do. Like mm-hmm. I hundred percent do. Like even even to a kind of lesser extent, Diablo 4 is still more of Diablo 3. Sure. Right? Sure. Like, they are doing some improvements. They're doing some changes. They brought stuff over from other iterations. But I would have been, f- 
a hundred percent fine with Helldivers two being Helldivers two, which is more of Helldivers one and a little bit of improved graphics. Like I don't need anything different because yeah. what I'm what I feel is going to happen is what you're saying is the trajectory of of your tactical weapons and the tactical part of it being missing. It's going to be like another looter shooter, third person, everybody comes together game. And I'm yeah. afraid of that. And people were also saying, I, I didn't watch it live, so I didn't see the whole presentation, but people were saying there were some game as a service things rolled into it. Too, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, mm. That's what I'm saying. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to it and I definitely, uh, you know, Helldivers was such a great game for me. I love it. I'm going to love it forever. So I, I definitely want to check it out. But boy, I got a lot. I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions, yeah. and I don't know how this is going to go down. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna close the door to it right now. We won't close the door because you can't because it's Helldivers. Yeah. Um. Another th- couple quick things. One, the Plucky Squire, which we already played, didn't we? Or did we? No, we did not. I keep we just getting, saw the trailer for it. I got that one confused. I thought that one was the same thing as Tin Hearts, but now that I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I actually got those confused. I was excited for Plucky Squire and not for Tin Hearts, but then I ended up playing Tin Hearts. Yeah, uh, so I think I got them confused in my head, but yeah, well, that one that one looks interesting. I saw the trailer for a while ago on Steam, and we I did play a game like it. Uh, obviously, we played that storyboard RPG. What was it called? Storyboard RPG. It was not called storyboard RPG. Um, it was called the Legend. God damn it! What is it called? The Legend of something. Whatever. I know what you're talking about. That Games game like that where it's yes. like, oh, there's a little bit of real life mixed with a uh, RPG. Yes. Um, so, anyways, I'm excited about that. But again, that's just for every system. I'm guessing. And also Cat Quest. I'm a big Cat Quest person. I saw. I thought of you exactly when oh, I saw that. Oh man, Cat Quest Three, but it's not called that. But it's it's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. They have so many puns. I see what they did there. You would think yeah. they would run out of puns after. A they while. don't, and I'm all, I'm here for it. Uh, I'm a Cat Quest person. You and by are, the way, yes. I tweeted out that that during the show, and there was a bunch of people replied to me said they were also Cat Quest people. So. That that game has fans. I am not one, and I don't I don't hate it. I'm just not a fan. But that game has a lot of fans. It it's does. so simple and fun. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I I'm been excited forever to play Teardown on my console because yeah. I played it on the Steam. Okay. Did you play and all the way through, or just like no, not all the way through? But it's just like, and I also follow the developer like when they were making the game. I just love the concept of, you know, physics where you can break everything, right? Yeah, so that yeah. whole game is breakable. And then the idea is they build in these challenges that you have to do in time, like steal something, then blow something up or whatever, and then get away on a boat. And it's just super fun. It's like super Minecraft, like pixely stuff yeah, yeah, like in a world or where yeah, you blow exactly. things up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one too. It looks like just real simple fun and I'm okay with that these days, like just real approachable. And I really appreciate, like you said, that they did put in a campaign. I think there's 40 missions. And overall, they're calling it like a heist campaign where, like you said, you're, you're breaking a wall, going inside, stealing a painting, getting out. Yeah. Uh, combining that with like regular physics and destructible environments sounds like just a really good time. So I am quite excited for that one as well, for sure. It is. And it's already, it's funny when people watch showcases and they see like an indie Steam game for the first time. And like either I slash a bunch of us have already played it, you know, and we were like, yeah. no, this is a great game. This is not yeah. like a, and then you hear people go like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's been out for like a year and it's fucking great. You know, um, similar to that is Tower of Fantasy, which everybody, a lot of people like in the kind of Genshin Impact world, mm, which okay. is that free to play game where you'll jump and run away and not go near it. But I like some of those. Um, yeah. And Tower of Fantasy always like broke my PC. <laughs> Like it's, I don't have the best PC still, um, so it's like it, it's very um, 
labor intensive and takes a lot of gigabytes. So mm. for having that on PS5, actually like that, um, you don't care at all. I don't care. And that's yeah. such a generic name. I don't know anything about that game, but like hearing the title Tower Fantasy, I'm like already asleep. I'm like, it's, that is the, the most boring name, dude. It isn't a boring game. It's pretty fucking cool. Right. Um, and then obviously I'm very excited about Finji's uh, Revenant Hill for PlayStation 5. I don't know if it's going to come out for Steam first, but they are the people who worked on Night in the City. Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods, yes. Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Uh, also, my coffee just kicked in, I think. <laughs> just, <laughs> just found myself being like very excited. I, I need some more of that. I I'm giving still, it to you. Yes, help me out, man. Lift me. Lift so, me. Night in the Woods is one of my favorite games of all time. It is. I remember. Uh, so, Revenant Hill, just um, forget about it. Give me, give me the game now. Take all my money. Uh, as I swing my hand and I hit knew the mic. you'd be excited for that one. I knew that for sure. I knew that. Alan Wake 2? Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I did like Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Uh, um, that's, boy, what a deep cut that is. Or, that's a, a deep cut for just back. you and me. Yes. I know what you're talking about. I don't think that anybody else does. Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm... I mean, I, I'm a big Alan Wake person. Also, we never talked about it, I think, on the show too much, but they definitely like delve into Twin Peaks stuff. Oh, and, hardcore, dude. And that, Twin hardcore, Peaks is like... Hardcore. They even do the diner from Twin Peaks in they Alan do, Wake. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, of course I'm excited. And it's uh, coming out on Halloween time, too. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I I, I, I liked Alan Wake. I didn't love it, uh, but I did play the whole thing, finished it, and I did all the DLC as well. It's interesting because I don't know what your feelings were, but for me, I thought the best part of Alan Wake was the DLC. They did some really interesting things that kind of got away from the quasi shooter vibe that they lean into so heavily in the main game but yeah uh, i yeah i like alan wake too man i'm not like dying for it but i'll certainly play it I'll, i'm interested for sure yeah there's just no not many games like it um yeah, yeah. only two more things real quick because yeah. i am looking at the list but uh the assassin's creed mirage we've already seen that like a lot um for over the last year or so i may most of us have i don't know if you have but uh, i, I kind of glaze over assassin's creed stuff yeah well in general like you know i played everything because i like all the we, you also loved Odyssey. I loved Odyssey. That was the one that I unreservedly loved. That was great. Yeah. And it was mostly because of the main character, uh, Cassandra. But that was that was really great stuff. I haven't really dipped into... Well, that's not true. I've played. I've dabbled in Assassin's Creed, and none of them really grabbed me. But that one was the one that really sold me. Well, I like all of them. I definitely like the RPG elements that they added. Um, but what's interesting about this is just to remember that it's an old school you know kind of original assassin's creed game now they're like kind of going back to going the, back to the original formula of actually yeah. assassinating people assassinating and also being like sneaky and Stealthy. also like um that old style and just kind of going through a bunch of you know sea of people and stuff like that yeah, yeah. which and, i think i think is fine dude because i i like that direction because they got away from it so hard and they yeah. just leaned into like bigger bombastic just like other directions which i guess speaks to the strength of the franchise that you can do these different things but we haven't really done sneaky assassination for like quite a while exactly yeah. so i was like okay i'll do that and lastly i'll say unless you have other things i have, I have one but go ahead. okay is the playstation earbuds give me them now please oh i didn't see those tell me about them well i don't know anything about them they only sh- at the last second they showed that dumb streaming like portable thing which essentially is you can you have a screen like you can do right now where you 
play your um, your games on your phone, you know? Oh, yeah. The, I forget what they even call it, but it was like, it looked like, like a, a little handheld PlayStation controller cut in half with a screen in the middle of it. You can do yeah. that with any mobile phone right now. There's like a million of those already. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they even would think that wasting their time on that. And then, but the earbuds were at the same time. They're like, oh, yeah, we have these two little other peripherals. And the earbuds I 100% want because, one, I love all the PlayStation headphones. Um, they're usually w- well-made, and they last me a long time. But secondly, I use my Apple earbuds for my phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these essentially could be my main thing because they work with phones as well. Well, there you go. So, like, man, to have one set of earbuds that I just kind of, like, travel with and then come home and then put them in to play games, I just like the convenience of that. So yeah, yeah. I have no idea anything about them. They didn't say anything, release date or anything, but as soon as they're available, I will buy them. There you go. There you go. And what's your last thing? Um, so one game, I don't know, uh, one game and one other I guess peripheral thing. So the game that you didn't mention, I agreed with everything you, you called out, but uh, the thing that you didn't mention was Talos Principle 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is going to be a multi-platform thing. But I I really, really deeply enjoyed the first Talos Principle. It took a while for me to get into it. And I had a lot of people like kind of selling me on it, um, especially some of the PR people who I am friends with. And they were really telling me to get into it but once i did play the talus principle it's it's not the easiest game in the world because the puzzles i find um some of them are quite challenging and it's kind of a weird abstract thing but like once i had gotten through it and had unraveled the story and had actually finished the game man i thought that was just outstanding just really incredible just really well done um really brought together the play elements with the story and the story really went places that I thought was just really fascinating. And the final couple levels were just like really amazing. Just hmm. just just outstanding top tier. You know, if you give an Oscar for a game or some shit like the Talos Principle, I feel like should have taken one um, for various reasons. So I'm really, really fascinated to see what they do with the second one. I do not think they can can just do more of number one. I don't think that would work. Um, but I am curious to see what they do with it, because not to spoil anything, but there was a lot of questions left at the the end of number one in a good way, not in a bad way, but in a, in a good way. And I feel like there's lots of ground if the developers are willing to take a slightly different approach to it. So I do not think that I would be up for uh, a repeat of number one, but if, but if they do a continuation, I would be significantly excited for that. That's interesting. I think we must've talked about it in the show, but I don't remember. I feel like I played it, but I can't really remember. Man, um, what an incredible game. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, first-person portal-style puzzles, like like room after right. room of room puzzles with teleporters and laser beams. And at first, it seems like it's just like a portal one-off, but like once the further you get into it, you can see that they're doing something different. And the story is such a major key part of that game. You don't think it's going to be, but it is. And boy, when they got to the end, that was just like all right, so well, fucking good, so fucking good. Well, again, it'll be on probably every system. Yeah, um, it will be. It will be. Yeah, and and kind of to close the idea of games, and you can get to your last one. Yeah, yeah. Is that you know, if we're not going against each other, and I know I'm um, a part of the problem as well, where you go like, is it Xbox? Is it Nintendo? Is it PlayStation? You know, who's the winner? Um, if you don't do that, then you can just look at all these showcases as just like, oh yeah, these games are coming out. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we just did with the with these third party ones. We're like, oh, this is still all cool stuff. Like it doesn't matter if they're third party. They're just, you know, wherever you play it, you'll play it. And um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean they're they're all gonna have their exclusives or whatever, but like yeah, I mean just seeing the number of games, if you put, like you said, partisanship aside and just look at the games from from just a development, 
you know, the, the industry, the, the, the medium, yeah. so much cool stuff going on. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that really drives me nuts. Not that we need to get into this, but like whenever I see anybody being like, there's no new games out. And I'm like, what? How, how can anybody in their right mind say that there's no new games out? I mean, I get that we've all got our tastes, right? Like we've all, you know, some people like just visual novels and some people like first person shooters and whatever, whatever. But if you open those, their horizons just a little bit, there's like, I'm, we have so many games. I mean, I tweeted this uh, a couple weeks ago. We didn't talk about it, but I tweeted this where I was like, I get so many emails as the editor of Game Critics every single day. And uh, last week when I tweeted, we had an offer on the table for 71 different games that needed to be reviewed. I could have gotten my choice of 71 different games in a two-week mm-hmm. period. That's like 30-ish, 35, 36 games per week. And as we all know, there's only seven days in a week. So even yeah. if you play one game per day, that's still the vast majority that you're not even looking at. And that was just like in a two-week period. That that's We've moved on since then. There's been more games since then. So for somebody to ever say... There's not enough games, regardless of what system you're on, regardless of what even you like to play. I feel like you're just not looking hard enough. Like you're just not giving other games a chance. It's crazy that anybody would say that. No, it's like saying there's no new shows out. Seriously, you know? dude. Because yes. essentially that's where we're there's at. There's nothing now. to watch on TV. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Like, By the way, no one has said that probably ever any anymore. I, I mean, watch on TV, like in real time. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, that, no. But I mean, like, you know, like people are saying, look, well, I finished Netflix. No, you didn't. You no, didn't you finish did fucking not. Netflix. Get out of here. You didn't do that. Anyway. Also, there's HBO. There's uh, Hulu. Exactly. All um, anywho, what's your last thing on the PlayStation Showcase? So I don't know if they announced it during the play case or the play case. <laughs> no, let's call it the play case. The play case. That's pretty good. Um, play case. It was either during the showcase or right afterwards, but I saw on Sony's official Twitter feed, they're like, yeah, we've got a new accessibility controller. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, to kind of go along with Microsoft's accessibility controller. Uh, I think it's called the PS Access controller. And it's a pretty interesting design. It looks basically like if you if you took a soccer ball, you know, a soccer ball has all those panels on it, you know, the white and the black panels. Mm-hmm. If you kind of cut it in half and flatten it out, it looks like a flat soccer ball with panels all over it. And then there's like a joystick. And I guess you can reprogram the buttons and they can also work in concert with like a DualShock. So I'm like, okay, cool. That looks interesting. Um, I, I would love to hear, you know, feedback from the disability community, what they think of it. But like, I saw it and then like nothing. I didn't hear disability folks talking about it. I didn't hear PlayStation talking about it. You can go to the PlayStation website and it's there and they're like, yeah, sign up for updates. But like, I feel like they would want to talk about it a little bit more. I feel like I'm the only person in the world that saw it. Did you see it on the, I didn't, the showcase? But I'm looking at it up, right? It's on their blog. Yeah. And it looks really cool in the fact that it's like a 360, like you can actually customize the controller buttons too yeah, on the yeah, circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it seems really cool. They should talk about it more. Yeah, I wish they would talk about it more because I'm all for accessibility and I'm glad that Sony's taking some action. This looks great. I'm just wondering why there's this giant void of information. Like, I, oh. a lot of people didn't even know about it. What? Well, I know why, because it's not done. Um, it's called Project Leonardo. Okay. So it's, it's not finished. You can tell. Okay. Um, but they've got shots out. I mean, they, they tweeted about it. It was like, I mean, they, they seem to be wanting to talk about it a little bit. But. Well, that's what you do when you're not ready with something. You know, I, I think I'm going to defend them here and say that it's not done because there's even like design documents and stuff. Sure. Um, so I think they're working on it and it looks really cool. So I'm glad for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. That's all I had about the uh, the Sony Playcase there. I have nothing else to the add play case. That. All right. Yes. Uh, again, excited about all those new games. I don't really care, but I do think it was a miss for them when it comes to, you know, just showing off for strategically. Party. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Silly. I think I think you're right on the money. I think they missed it. They missed a trick there. So 
Um, two quick rumors. Yes. Because we're kind of in a uh, you know news block. Sure. Um, these are probably not real, but one of them I hope is. Uh, one is Sony is acquiring CD Projekt Red. What? These are rumors. These are All rumors. Right. Okay. I get Rumor. them from sometimes. That reputable. seems unlikely to me. I don't know. I mean, obviously the Activision Blizzard thing, and if it goes through $70 billion, and they did do that, right? That's not a rumor. That's like they're trying to do that. CD Projekt Red is a smaller company, and they obviously are, still have runway with Witcher and Cyberpunk, and now they've turned Cyberpunk around, and they're working on another game, supposedly. So Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's too crazy actually at all i don't know i feel like they're they're so successful right now i don't know why they would want to sign on i feel like they're they're firing on all cylinders at the moment so oh they are not successful no offense to them because i love them to death you don't think i don't so? i don't think financially they're doing okay they took a big bath during the yeah. cyberpunk thing yeah i do not think they're doing okay and then they had that remember the hack and a bunch oh, of weird true. stuff going that's on true. Yeah. i just think that they're kind of uh not flailing but they could use some help and sony just coming in is you know, Big Daddy Sony being like, you're fine. Just make games now. Um, okay, I think that's... yeah, you might have something there. Okay. Okay. And then the other one you're going to like a lot if it's real. Um, and I don't see how it's not real. Okay. Days Gone 2 has started development on PS5. What? I mean, number one, if that's true, amazing. But number two, I would want a lot of the the original team to be on it. Although I'm, I guess I'm kind of questioning the writer. So quick tangent. Yeah. Quick tangent. So I think I, I think you and I both agree that Days Gone 2, amazing game. And for me... And Days I Gone think, 1, but, amazing game. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Uh, yes. D- jumping the gun there a little bit. Uh, Days Gone 1, amazing game. And I think you and I would both agree. One of the things we liked most about it was the writing, right? Like, like that was really the core of the experience, like spending time with Deke and Boozer and doing the whole thing. Like, I mean, the, the gameplay was great and fun and, and wonderful. But for me, I really cared about the characters and about you know, him making his way in Oregon and all the stuff you go through. We're not going to spoil it here. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know exactly what's going on, but the, you know, the person who is credited with being the lead writer who, again, I love the writing in this game. I think the writing in this game is phenomenal. Uh, but he came out as being a big shithead and I'm like, okay, I know that you're a shithead now. And if you are actually the lead writer and if indeed you are responsible for the good stuff in this game, I've got very mixed feelings about that because um, he said a bunch of dumb shit. Like, people were too woke for this game and all this. Like he just, he, he seemed kind of conservative leaning. Um, I don't know that he is necessarily, but a lot of his comments were very um, suspect to me. Weird. It's not the kind of thing that I would, that I would expect from someone who was as thoughtful and considered as the person who wrote the stuff in days gone uh, number one. So I wonder, did you really write that or did you get take credit for it? Or, or do you somehow in your brain have compartmentalized on one side? I'm a phenomenal writer on the other side. I'm a complete dipshit. Uh, so I guess I'm questioning that, but also it was such a flame out for, for the studio bend studio and Sony, like famously like bad blood and like a lot of bad feelings. And I, you know, I guess money can, can fix a lot of stuff. So it would be cool if it was true, but I'm, I'm wondering now, wait, what happened to Ben studio again? Did they, well, well, they, they, they broke up. I don't think, I think a lot of the original people are not there anymore after days gone, the debacle that happened. I mean, Sony, I guess basically, we're saying like it was a disappointment and they had a lot of problems and they, they made them take it to 
PlayStation 4 when it didn't run. It should have taken it to PlayStation 5 instead. And like there was a lot of just a lot of animosity. I, I think that they felt really burned by Sony. Like they got left out in the cold after all the work that they did. And it, it, it did not end well. I think there was a lot of bad blood, even though they are a second party for Sony. But I think the director of the studio left, I'm pretty sure. The head writer left. I think a lot of the people who worked on Days Gone left after they felt like Sony left them out to dry, hung them out mm. to dry. Well, I'm going to their website because it is has been updated, and the last update was 5.18. Okay. And it's talking about, weirdly enough, accessibility at Bend. Hmm. Uh, here at Bend Studios, we strive to create experiences that leave a lasting impact on our players, and our studio evolves and grows. We continue to adapt and take our 30 years of development experience with us, and then they're talking about accessibility uh, in games, which I think they do a great job of. So I don't know. Let's uh, let's see. I'm hoping let's for the best because boy, if there's a game that needed a sequel, or who would you know? I, I'm ready definitely to play some Days Gone too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, that's surprising. I thought that was dead in the water. So very it's surprising. A, it's a rumor. Rumor. And we went on a very long tangent for a rumor. Um, okay, that's all I have. Besides one thing that I was going to talk about. Which I have is one the, thing which is irritating, and then you've got your special thing you want to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Irritating or your event? Irritating in my event. Irritating, and then you might okay. Yeah. Let's do it. So the phrase uh, "boomer shooters," I fucking hate it. You know, boomer shooters. Have you heard this phrase? Yes, I think it's going to refer to a game we're talking about on this show. Very possible. Yes, I think it is. Yes. So the phrase "boomer shooters," I don't know where it came from. It feels like two weeks ago it appeared, and all of a sudden I'm seeing it like literally everywhere. I feel like if a certain person in a certain Twitter sphere says it, then all of a sudden everybody picks it up. Um, and a couple high-profile people have said it recently. So the phrase "boomer shooters." are referring to uh, 90s style, like Doom, original Doom kind of games where they're like the 2D sprites, really pixely, you run real fast, you shoot a lot of stuff, um, you probably find keys and search for secret doors. But like that that style of play that is, that is popularized by the original Doom um, in the 90s is when it got big. So that's what they're referring to. But the phrase, how they chose these words... Now... I don't know exactly where it came from or who coined it or whatever, but like a lot. So on one side, people were like, are we calling them boomer shooters because the guns in the game go boom? And I'm like, obviously not, because every fucking first person shooter gun goes boom. Why in the world would you say that these games are more booming than other? No, no, that, that, no never, that doesn't make it sense. It was never that. It was never. I agree with you. It was never that. But some people were like, that's what it means. And I'm like, that is not what it means. The other people were like, OK, these are obviously like older older school games and so they're saying boomer games okay but number one i have a problem with this and the fact okay so multiple things my brain's exploding here because it sure is i i tweeted about this because i was irritated about it right and i and some people agreed they were the smart people and then the idiots like pushed back on me and it's like the pushback was was basically like if you have a problem with this phrase then you are a boomer and you are too old and you're an idiot because you don't know how the english language works and i'm like Actually, no, I get paid for my language expertise. It's what I do. So I know about the specificity of words, the etymology of words, and how English language works. Fuck you. Um, but basically, using the term boomer, obviously it became popular with, with OK Boomer, which was not related to games. It was like uh, when people from the boomer generation... And let's be specific. This is a post-World War II generation of people. It's like from like 1940 yeah, it's not us. to 1954. It's like literally two generations removed from you and me. Yeah, baby um, boomers because it was a time and yes. period where they were having a lot of babies. Baby boomers. Yes, exactly. That's why it was called the boomer generation. Baby boom because when all the soldiers came back from World War II, 
everybody clearly wanted to have sex immediately if they survived, and that's what they did, and that's why yes. there was this giant boom of babies. That's what that means, right? That's specifically what it means. That's like two generations before you and me, dude. So like we're not even boomers. And so when Doom was popular, when those type of shooters were popular, it was like the very late 80s, early 90s. That's when those things got big, right? And so boomers, the actual boomers of the generation, they were not playing games. Okay, yeah, I'm sure there was like one guy. There's like one boomer who's like, oh, I love Doom and I'm also old. Okay, yes, I get that that happened in the in the big span, the continuum of life. But like boomers in general have no relationship to video games. They just don't, right? Wow. They just don't. This what? is breaking down. You're breaking this down for me. And I had not thought about this way, but you're 100% accurate. Yeah, boomers, the boomer gener- no, no, no connection to games at all. Not, not at all. Yes. I realize there's like two guys somewhere because that was what happened, right? People came back like, oh, well, you don't know about John Smith who invented the social. Of course he was, he was a boomer and you're wrong. Okay, yes. There's exceptions to every fucking rule, right? Well, that's, there what is. Not, that's not what they're using it for, though. No. They're using but, it for like, hey, you're an old fart who doesn't get what I exactly. like. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So they're yeah. so what they're, they're using this is as they're taking the, the word boomer, which was supposed to be a derogatory statement against people from the specific boomer generation because they were shitting all over the younger generations, which is a whole other issue. Um, and then applying that to shooters, which were popular in the 90s, which is like multiple generations after that. I get that it rhymes. Boomer shooter has kind of a rhyme to it, sort of. So I get why you'd want to say that. It's technically incorrect. It's wrong on basically every level. And when I brought that up, people were like, oh, well, you don't even know how language works. Boomer just means an old person now. And I'm like, really? A boomer just means an old person now. So, like, where is the cutoff for that? That doesn't even make any sense. And so everybody who, like, reflexively snapped back at me to say that boomer means old and that's what it means and I'm stupid if that's not what it means, you're stupid because that's not what it means. I mean, it's like taking a word, using it for whatever you want. Maybe that's how English happens sometimes. But you can also say it's incorrect. Like, it's not – that's not the definition of it. So if you're just going to use a word wrong and just be spiteful about it, go ahead and do that, I guess. But then be ready for criticism because you're not using the language properly. So whatever, and I guess maybe I'm old and I'm crusty for for correcting these young kids and their cool slang, I guess. But, like, be specific about what you're trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to figure this out now. Okay, I'm glad you broke it down. I agree with everything you said. Generation Z – was 97 to 2012 so that's too late too late is but it generation, generation x? x i guess there's is there a generation y because generation x is too early because that's 65 to 80 so um, it's it's after generation x yeah so what's then. after generation well, just, well you know if you if you were in generation x you were probably old enough to be playing these games at that time so maybe that's about right like if you're if you're born in at the end of x you'd probably be in your young teen years by the time these games rolled around that's probably who'd be playing them and yes, I know there was like adults and stuff like fucking don't come at me in the comments and stuff. Um, but I think that's about the ballpark where you'd be. So maybe Generation X or a little bit no, afterwards. Would I think be it's why. Yeah, think I think it's why? it's why. So it says why is 81 to 96. That's the perfect time. So but we're going to change But if you were born in 96, it. you'd be too young to play the game, though, right? Like you got to right. be old enough to play the game. Well, 81 and it's it comes out in 90. So you're like 10 or 11. Yeah. I yeah, think I guess I, it's X or Y. You're right. Yeah, it's the end of X or the beginning of Y, I think, would be the ballpark. But it's not boomers. It's nowhere near being a boomer. Right. I'm trying to think of how to call it is what I'm saying. So like Gen X shooters that doesn't have any ring to it at right. all all right and that was where they're like well it doesn't make any sense okay i get i get that gen x shooter doesn't make sense i mean i think just saying something like a doom clone or like you know a doom like is fine i realize that doom has a more recent iteration which is different but i think that 
we know what we're talking about, basically. I mean, yeah. Metroid has had re- more recent iteration. Castlevania has more recent iterations. But when we say Metroidvania, we know what we're talking about. I mean, I think that I think saying a Doom like is more specific than Boomer Shooter. That well, just... especially because it re- explains what the game is like. You know, most of these games are looking at Proteus. They're looking at uh, Volcan, which we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. looking at these games that look like Doom. There's a bunch so, of them right now. It's a resurgence of these type of shooters right now. For yeah, sure. hello, Souls like, which we didn't come up with, but you know, we're right, close right. to it. Um, you know, Souls like is like Souls, and Doom like that would make sense. You know, yeah, I think but, I think that makes more sense to me than Boomer Shooter. And I just I kind of just get so irritated um, with with how many people were like mad that i was questioning the use of boomer shooter and i guess if you want to use it i mean go ahead i can't stop you you're free to do what you want like you know life is life but it's just a wrong term and i think that i personally i don't like the connotation that goes along with it right because boomer has a negative connotation so unless you're saying that these games suck i don't think it's the right word to choose because you're kind of throwing shade on all these games and i don't think that's what the intention is um, but you're using in one context boomer to mean a, a stupid old crusty old person, but also this specific type of game, which you think is fine. Right. So from a language perspective, and again, I do language for a job. I've done it for 30 fucking years. I spend a lot of time thinking about language. Maybe other people don't, whatever. That's on me. But I don't think that this works the way that they want it to work. But, you know, hey, people can do what they want to do, I guess. Okay, you officially debunked Boomer Shooter on this show. We've done it. <laughs> it's officially, it's done. Officially. Because A, it doesn't work like just logistically because it's Gen X. Yeah. And B, Boomer is a derogatory term. It is, right? It is. And so you wouldn't want to put that on a brand new indie game because fuck you people who are using it in that way because the indie developers have made something they like. Yeah. <laughs> this is a I game mean, they actually want people to play. And if, if there's a connotation that is kind of more negative, um, it's silly. It's yeah. So- the, the whole thing just kind of struck me as people who came up with a term and didn't think about where it came from or what it means really and they just like to say it and then when somebody calls them on it they get all salty about it so yeah but that that could be said about a lot of things in this i mean world true too. very true well let's anyway, move on you move we've on. officially debunked it thank you now um, you did something fun that had nothing to do with well i guess maybe it had something to do with boomers this week maybe not oh yeah there you go a little bit we're not going to use it no it we're not going to use it no um, you did something unusual, Carlos. What did you do? You might say yeah. you even did something strange, perhaps. Oh, jeez. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, I set that up for you, man. I was bending over backwards for you there. Well, Come you on. did. You did it. Yeah, you don't have to, I don't have to take it anymore. I need to call out that it. I made that transition for you because I worked so hard for that transition. Thank you. Uh, now let's talk about something strange. <laughs> Actually, I have, I have a stranger uh, perspective on it because I went to it. You do. So, yeah, we got a pass. It's weird because it's it's lightly and tangentially uh, related to video games in a couple different ways, but it's not like straightforward a game uh, showcase. It's the Stranger Things experience. Yes, um, and so and they basically like hook you up with um, an Uber code so you can like take an Uber there, and it had like the address already put in, you know. So it was oh, cool. okay, so they knew where to take you then. Yeah, yeah, and it was like here in South Seattle and. Is this just big, huge warehouse where they set up basically a virtual uh, experience of like these different events that took place in the show or similar events that took place in the show? Now, let me explain what this is. I kind of had no idea. Which I, I, I still have no idea. Well, I'll tell you. Um, but I like that I didn't know what it was about. And it is a traveling thing, I believe. So it's like in all these different cities. Yeah, it goes to city to city, I believe. So check it out if it's in your town, by the way. It's really cool. But, um, 
had no kind of idea, but basically what happens is you get there, put in a line, put in groups, or immediately you're put in groups, and I'm like, uh-oh, and, you know, with strangers and stuff. So go with people. I probably should have brought somebody, but if you're okay and more social like I am, it's fine. But if you're not, then bring some people you can, you know, huddle up with. But you are put in groups in, like, different rows before you go in, and the intro, the initial place, which I did take pictures of, I, I was allowed to take pictures of that. You're not allowed to take pictures inside. Is kind of like you welcome to uh, the sleep study, and they're doing a sleep study here in Hawkins, which okay. is the place <laughs> in Stranger Things. Yes, yes. And so you just know, and you see all these like VHS tapes playing, you know, a video of like, uh, you know, sleep uh, sleep testing going on, and here's why you need to do it. And so we're like, okay, weird. And so then we go in, you know, and we're kind of in our groups. And, like, the first is, like, an introductory place where this guy's just talking about the sleep study. And we notice that we're all, like, have different wristbands now. So I'm in the red group, and there's yellow and blue. And so then he's trying to explain what's going to happen. And, of course, like, weird shit starts happening. The lights go crazy. Uh, And you see on on the TV, actually, you know, some of the kids from Stranger Things. And they're, like, in the lab. And they're trying to escape or something. Is this new footage or is it like clips from the it's show? It's all new. New it's footage. All okay. So they filmed recorded it for, this, for this. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so it feels really pretty damn real. And all the acting in it was like, you know, top notch. Not No one was phoning it in. Mm-hmm. And so then you get pushed to the next room and it's like the, the rainbow room, I think is what it's called in the actual show. And so it's like where they're testing our powers. And they actually had us do puzzles, like actual physical puzzles on the table. Mm-hmm. And they gave us no time to do it. Like, you know, like. 20 seconds or something and i felt real dumb i was like oh i can't do this at all but most people couldn't either it was like they were really hard puzzles and so then they were like no no just use your telekinesis things you know so we all played along and did like i was in the um i don't know i put my hand out and it could do like telekinesis or whatever and like i we our group like smashed cans and it actually how, happened. How did right that work? Like, was there a machine that was doing it? Or no, was... it just all looked really real. It just it was like it was all set up props or something. But there was these Pepsi cans like from the eighties, mm-hmm. and we like moved them in the beginning, and then he had us do it again, and then we smashed them, um, and then other people did different things. So like each group did different things. You so know? there was something like rigged up, like it made they made it look like you were doing telekinesis, but yeah, they had some yeah, kind yeah. of a. I don't know wires or whatever attached to the cans to make. They them had a stuff. lot going on. This okay. had a lot of technology. Okay. I am kind of like ruining it. I just realized I don't want to do that. So I'll say there was a couple other really cool things that happened in that room with that other people did. Then we would have to escape. We got to a certain area uh, and, you know, there was uh, demigorgons. Demigorgons? Demigorgon? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's the smaller ones? Like the dog dog ones? Dogagorgon? I don't know. I haven't watched the show that much. Anyways, there's like a lot of like actual danger. All of a sudden it's kind of happening. So it was kind of shocking a bit. I don't think people were ready for all this. And there's these really cool screens I didn't want to talk about technology-wise that look like real glass windows, and they're all around us. But, mm-hmm. like, things happen out there, like people maybe dying and stuff, and oh, no. monsters. And it looked very real, and it was just screens. But it, it looked like there was people out there and things were happening. Uh, I'd never seen that technology before. Uh, and I know technology. I've never seen it. Really fucking cool. Uh, and at some point, by the way, they told us to flip off. Uh, what's that guy, the head of the you know stupid lab with the white hair? Sure, sure. Uh, and because we, we all hate him anyhow, and it was just sure. it felt really cathartic to like our whole group of people like flip off this dude. 
and like uh, you know us escape. And long story short, why you really should go to it is the very last section. You put on 3D glasses, and part of it, it's it just feels really fucking real. Like shit comes out at you, and people were screaming, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't. Uh, it's so funny. I told my friend this. I go, so much shit happened that was insane, and the whole time I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> there was like a, literally like a demigorgon like in front of me. Like it felt like it was right in front of me. And like, minor spoiler, it exploded. And like girls like fainted and freaked out, you know? And I'm like, oh, neat. That's cool. Brad would like this. Yeah, it's nice. So like literally nothing faces me. Right, um, right, right. So we finished it and it was super cool. And then there was like an area where you can have like free pizza and soda and nice. play old video games. Nice. Uh, and like, of course, buy merch and stuff. And they give you a swag bag. So I did get a bunch of uh, stuff. But I will say this. Uh, it's a great experience. I think if you're in a town that it's coming to, you should go to it because, especially if you like Stranger Things, it immediately made me want to go back and watch the whole series. Oh, okay. So they success there, you know. Um, it made me want to, yeah, go back and relive that stuff. And then the arcade cabinets they had there, they had Space Invaders. Um, they had a bunch of stuff, Joust yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I went and. Sp- and spent some time in Space Invaders. A, that's one of the earliest video games ever. And then B, I remember playing in the arcade and just like eating shit, like dying immediately, dying yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I'm here to tell you is, and my main takeaway from Stranger Things experience, is I'm better at old games now. <laughs> well, you're older now, so of course you'd be better at older games now. Well, yeah, but like it's so funny because I was like, oh, my skill set in the get good world, I guess you could you could attribute it to that. We hate that phrase, but like I, I knew how to do it better. Like now the buttons are still wrong. Like when you hit fire, yeah, there's a delay and that's bullshit. Like there should be no delay, but in the cabinet, there's still a delay. You know what I mean? It's not immediate. Like we are right, used to. Right, right, right. And so that's a failing. That's a glitch. It's a failing. But like I knew how to dodge behind those barriers. I knew how to come out at the right time and shoot and then come back in. And I was doing none of that as a kid. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? You've had 40 years of experience, man. 40 yes. years of practice to come back to it. I mean, yeah. I would hope you'd be better at it. I'd be surprised if you weren't. Well, maybe 30 years of experience. But yeah, I'm not that old. Or maybe it is 40 years. Yeah, Anyways. I think it's probably closer to 40. So that's yeah, that's my takeaway. I like the experience a lot. It was really cool. I think people should go to it. But then, yeah, you get to play these old arcade cabinets too. And I realized I'm better at old games. Right on. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool thing. The Stranger Things experience, like you said, a traveling show going from town to town, and it seems like you had a pretty pretty good time. Yeah, and also I'm not phased by anything. I guess I could go to any sort of event that looks like real life and, and be like, that's pretty neat. Well, there you go. All right, cool. Right on. Excellent, excellent. Uh, anything else for housekeeping, Carlos? No, we've done an hour of it. Let's get into video games. Let's get into video games. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to cover today, as we normally do. Um Carlos, I feel a little bit embarrassed because I texted you at some point and I'm like, oh, there's a new demo that just dropped for Alone in the Dark. It's on PlayStation and Xbox and probably PC. Let's download it and talk about it for the show. And you're like, okay. And then I'm like, okay. And then I immediately forgot. I downloaded, but then it just left my mind and I forgot it even existed until five minutes ago. So thank you for uh, following through on that. And I, I am publicly shamed right now. But why don't you tell us about the... Alone in the Dark uh, demo. This is a little taste of the upcoming, I don't know, reboot, I guess? It's got to be, because that game is an old game, Super right? Super old. The very first survival horror game, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's not a... 
Wait, is there a term for like old school PS1 janky uh, horror game like Boomer Shooter? But I don't think so. I think people kind of just talk them as like as old school Resident Evil, but it's not a, a snappy phrase. I think they kind of just explain it. And if there is a phrase, I don't know what it is. All right. Well, maybe we'll think of one uh, as we do it. Uh, Alone in the Dark demo. Yes, like you said, all new graphics, like um, brought into the modern era. And the demo is, I like when they do this. The demo is not the actual game. It's one of those like prologues. Oh, like a whole separate thing. You don't, you're not playing level one. This is like a whole separate thing. Yeah. Uh, that works, in my opinion, much better usually. Um, it's, got a, it's got a, man, it's got a weird little thing. So one, you didn't miss much because the demo or whatever this is, prologue, is like super short. Oh, like 20 minutes or something or what? Or less. Less, okay. Yeah, I flew through it. Um, yeah, it, there's just not much stuff there. Okay. It's just okay. more like to show you the world a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, of course, I always like try to, uh, you know, do more things than you can do. And uh, I'll talk about some stuff there. But uh, yeah, you play as a little girl and the whole game takes place in the South and she's got like a Southern draw, which is interesting. Um, and it almost feels like 1920s too. It's like an interesting dialect. Uh, she almost like, like a little woman, you know, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, yeah. That period of time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, respectable lady, even though she's like a little girl. Um, <laughs> and she's got this like bowler derby on or whatever it's called. Those little derbies. Yeah. A little hat thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I couldn't tell how much is like from the South and how much is it from the past. Right. Um, but I'm guessing it's the past cause there's a super, you know, early prologue. And so then you're playing this little girl. She's kind of like walking around this mansion house thing. And, uh, you know, you pick up a letter. And you're trying to like, I guess, mail a letter. That's the main thing of it. But she's kind of like uh, talking about everything she sees. And there's some creepy stuff that goes on. But the biggest takeaway was she's not phased by anything. Mm-hmm. So all the weirdness that's going on and a little bit of creepiness stuff and door slamming and things looking really weird she just doesn't care about. She's and it's like, like, whatever. This is yeah. my daily life. <laughs> and I just didn't know what they wanted me to feel from the demo because, like, why are you making me her? And what's her story? And if I don't know it, why is she just totally fine with all this stuff? Uh, like, at some point, there's, like, a, a ringing. It's super loud. It was a really super loud ringing. It's, it jump scared me. It was what it did. That's yes. what it is. It was in the game. And, I was, and the little girl, you know what she did? She goes, I'm fine. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer it. Also, what are phones? And also, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Video That's games good. are weird, man. I mo- I worked it in. So there's like a moat and the monsters and stuff like that, or like crocodiles and stuff in the house. And she's just what? like, whatever. There's a moat in her house and crocodiles in her house? There's like, yeah, at some point there's like um, this area where there's like, I don't know if it's a monster or just like cro- crocodiles or something. Anyways, it's just weird. It's like a you can see the puzzle elements that they want you to do and ways to figure out things and the how it's going to play, like third person, you know, going through from room to room. But I just didn't understand what I was doing, like why. And so here's the thing. So when you finish it, um, she, you know, that story's done. And all of a sudden you see, weirdly enough, Stranger Things tangent, David Harbour uh, and another girl come up as detectives. You know who David Harbour is? Actual David Harbour? Like yeah. his, 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 his in-game model, you yeah. just recognize him? Yeah, him. And his acting and his voice and everything. And his, <clears throat> it looks just like him. And so him and an, another woman are detectives. And I guess it's years later. And they're going into that same house. 
to like uh, check I it see. out. And then it stops and it says, oh, pre-order the game. <laughs> of course. Yes, please pre-order the game. Yeah. Yes. Even though I have no idea what this game is really because I guess that's the elements, which it's going to look like that. I guess I know the graphics now, right? I know how to pick up things like you do in every horror game. And I know there might be a creepy girl, probably spirit, who doesn't care about anything. So I don't know how to think about this. Hmm. Interesting. That's Interesting. what it is. Uh, I feel bad for not remembering to play this because it was on my list of stuff to play. I will play it after the show because uh, it is downloaded already. But yeah, I don't know, man. Um, it's weird because even though Alone in the Dark was the original survival horror back in the day, I don't think I ever played the original one. I think it was PC. I'm pretty sure. And I was basically a console guy ever since way back, way back then. So uh, I do in fact, I think the only Alone in the Dark I've ever played was the kind of a, a remake that they did in the mid nineties. Well, they made 90s. one for Nintendo Wii, but then it was on three sixty, I think, too. I think that might be the one. The one that I played was on I want to say Xbox three sixty, where they were experimenting, and this was uh, an earlier time, a more innocent time, when people were still experimenting with open world design. And this was an open world Alone in the Dark where you were in Central Park. You yes. can run around. Yeah, you can run around. They also did an experiment with your inventory system because every time you opened up your inventory, it you opened up the flaps of your coat and the camera turned down like you were looking down oh inside of your coat. And there was lots of pockets in your coat. I remember and, this. Yeah, yeah. And you could put stuff in the pockets, but when you ran out of pockets, that was it. Like you couldn't carry anymore. And so you, you had to like manage your inventory in real time. And also the fire was another uh, system they were experimenting with where you would set fire to things and the computer would figure out like what around it would catch fire and the fire would take on a life of its own. Like it wasn't pre-scripted fire, right? And so um, I honestly think that game is pretty brilliant and I, I really loved it at the time uh, for experimenting with so much and pushing the field forward in so many ways. It didn't do very well and I don't think um, a lot of people played it, but cool story, cool cool you know design and stuff. But that was the, the main relationship I have with Alone in the Dark. I haven't played the earlier ones. So... Um, I guess I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I, I'm sure that a lot of people think, oh, this is just like Resident Evil. Well, okay, but Resident Evil actually copied it. Like, this is actually right, truly right. the first game. So it's kind of one of those full circle things like, like you know, Tomb Raider inspired Uncharted, but now modern Tomb Raider is more like Uncharted than it is the original Tomb Raider. Like this like self-fulfilling, you know, the circle this uh, that goes, that's not the right word. Self-fulfilling is not the right word. This like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, Carlos? Cycle? Cyclic? No. Um, oh, um, Inception. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> what you mean. I, it's like it's yes. returning to form, but it's also making it new. Yeah, exactly. Like it's reiterating on itself, but it's also changing. And one thing is like feeding off the other thing. So that to me is kind of like the relationship between Alone in the Dark and Resident Evil. I think I'm curious to see what they what they do with it. So we'll see what well, happens. I guess. Let me let me break this down for a second. Um, this is the episode where we're doing tangents on things I didn't think we'd do tangents on. I just hit the Google button. Or Bing. Maybe I hit Bing. I think I did. I used Bing. <laughs> Never mind. Bing. Okay. I shouldn't say Google when I use Bing. Um, and just looked up Alone in the Dark. One, there was a, a new game called Alone in the Dark New Nightmare that was made for Dreamcast. Uh, it looks like it's the same kind of thing, like a little updated graphics, but that same tank controls kind of Oh, game. like the old Resident Evil style? The old school yeah. Resident Evil. But like a newer one. So I n never played that. The New Nightmare. I don't think I did um, either. Alone in the Dark was also, I think... Um, on PS2 and 360, like you said, and Wii U, that one that you talked about, the yeah, weird, yeah. The weird duration. Um, there was an Alone in the Dark movie. Was there? With Christian Slater. 
Oh, wow. That must have flown completely under my radar. I don't think I even knew about that. And Steven Dorff. It was like, what is going on? Now I have to find this. Now we got to watch, watch it. it now. Yeah. So that's on our radar to watch. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot of little iterations on PC for that for that franchise. But this is the true kind of like, I don't want to call it a reboot, whatever. But my biggest problem is I just, I just played the demo, and you can play it too. But like, I, I saw nothing new there and nothing interesting. Hmm. Um, and also, I was confused. So, like, I wanted to like that idea of like going in the past and then all of a sudden being in the future in the present. But I just didn't really enjoy what I was playing. So, well, we you let me see. know. We shall see. All right. All right. Um, speaking of demos, um, I got sent a demo code. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like it's like a month ago, and I kept meaning to play it for the show. But as we all know, I am a like, I'm a console guy. I just talked about being a console guy. And for me to come downstairs and play anything on a PC, it's like, I'll play a porno game on the PC. But other than that, I will not play anything else because I don't want to be down here on my computer. I'm down here all the time. I'm in my basement uh, working on my computer. I do a lot of computer work for, um, you know, stuff that pays the bills, Uh, working with my wife, working, doing freelance stuff. And I just I just don't like to play on PC. It's not a it's not a fun thing for me. And so I kept putting it off and putting it off. But I I I (laughs) was like okay i can't put this off any longer i'm feeling like a bad person now so i'm covering it now it is called astronaut the best uh this is on pc and it is a very interesting title uh the thing that's going to leap out at you most is that the visual style the visual style is highly reminiscent of like a john crick felucci ren and stimpy sort of a thing where Mm. it's like really exaggerated features, really sharp lines, um, really kind of, I mean, everything is kind of vaguely ugly in a way in that kind of like Ren and Stimpy style. That's very much what it reminded me of. Um, so you can, you know, that, that hits different for people. Some people love it. Some people maybe don't love it so much for me. I think it's fine, but I can take it in limited doses. I don't think I want like hours and hours and hours of it. So Basically, this is a game, uh, kind of like a satire game, where it's, it's a simulator kind of a thing, but you're also like a management thing, where you are put in the role of revitalizing a space program for a country, um, and you have to like choose astronauts, and then you have to train them, and then you have to like also deal with PR and deal with finances. So you're kind of doing like a space agency simulator, but imagine doing all that in the Ren and Stimpy kind of world where like everybody is sassy and weird. Mm. There's all sorts of like over the top things happening. Um, everybody in the public thinks you guys are sponging off of tax dollars and hates you. So you have to like revitalize your your reputation. And then also your astronauts are like all de- degenerates for some reason. And so like every astronaut I've had so far, and this is in the tutorial and a little bit afterwards, they've all had some kind of weird sexual fetish with being in the space program. What? And so you have to deal with that aspect of things. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all very weird and offbeat and very not what you would expect when you, I mean, you probably think of something like Kerbal Space Program and you probably think of some God view sim game. And that's not really what this is. Like there's all sorts of like, this weird behaviors and you're managing people and you're, you're training people and dealing with issues. And it's a very unusual, very unusual game. Um, I'm not even quite sure how to classify it other than like as a general sim, but um, I think it's interesting. It's not for me though. I can definitely see it's not for me because as I was playing it, I felt as though I was getting kicked in the face over and over and over with the art style and how bright the colors were and everything was kind of like an issue and a problem. And it was just like, it was kind of like a lot. And maybe I hadn't had enough coffee that morning or something, but like 
I was like, okay, you guys are all squabbling and everybody's weird and this is all like visually loud and I get what they're going for and I think that they do a good job shooting for it, but I don't know that this is my jam. I don't think I'm going to come play, back and play this. I don't think I want any more of it. But that's not a bad thing. I think it's just not a me thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're a big Ren and Stimpy fan, if you like training people and managing these kind of like, I don't know, crises simulators and, you know, dealing with like public opinion and that kind of thing, that not my jam. And that's just me personally. Uh, but I think that if you like that stuff, this might be for you. Uh, but it's definitely interesting. I'll say that much for sure. I've never played a sim quite like this one, I don't think. The, hearing you describe it and then looking at the art, it makes me think of like it could have been or should have been an Adult Swim cartoon series. It totally, dude. Like this absolutely could have been an Adult Swim cartoon series. So again, if that appeals to you, absolutely check this out. That is uh, that is a very good call out. Thank you. But that is it's right in that pocket for sure. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it could be just bring it over and make it that because at the end of the day you know art style and all that stuff aside what what is the game mechanics and are they fun or interesting yeah and um yeah sim stuff for me too it has to be like very specific something so yeah exactly exactly so astronaut the best i believe the demo might still be out i'm not sure if it's still available but you can check it out on steam wishlist etc etc so check that out if you like uh adult swim ren and stimpy you like astronauts you like simulators disasters there you go. Astronaut the best. Over to you, Carlos. Uh, wait, wait, Fort- wait. What? For Fort, sorry, I ruined your tangent. What? Because uh, swinging back to Alone in the Dark, where can you watch it? You can watch Alone in the Dark on Freebie. It's got those ads, you know, but you can yeah, watch yeah. it streaming. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how you can watch Alone in the Dark, so both of us could watch it. And then secondly, they also have uh, Blood Rain. That was a movie? Oh, the oh! Are you talking about the vampire? Yeah, Nazi killing vampire in the high heels, blood rain. Yeah, I'm looking at all the different shows on that like streaming service, and I was like, Alone in the Dark, and then also Blood Rain was a movie. You know, I think I heard about the movie, but I didn't. It's honestly not that good of a game, and so I don't think I was really convinced to go watch a movie based on no. So, anyways, okay, that's my tangent. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Uh, nothing. I was gonna throw it over to you to talk about the Forspoken DLC in Tanta. We trust this DLC just dropped a couple days ago. Um, you love Forspoken, and I played it. Not my thing, um, but I know you love it a lot. And I, I sent you a message and be like, "Hey, man, that DLC is out. You probably want to check that out." And I assume you did. Yes, I did. All right, and tell I, us about this this DLC. So you don't, you really don't like this game, though, right? Yeah, I don't, did we not talk? Did, I know I talked to you about it. Did we not talk about it on the show? We did talk about it on the show, and I'm just making sure like that's still the case because you yeah, didn't go back yeah. into it. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to talk about it now. But I, I did try Forspoken, um, you know, based mostly on like, your love of it, and I can see why you like it. But I, it really did not connect with me in in basically any way. So I like the combat, and the rest of it kind of left me cold. So I bounced on it pretty quickly. But uh, but this new DLC comes out. And I know that you probably are way more interested in it than I am. So what is up with this DLC? It's like story-based DLC, right? Yeah, and I just bring that up because there's a lot of people that are that share your opinion, right? And there's a lot of a loud, angry people, uh, angrier than you, about how much they don't like this game. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a YouTube video I saw, which in, in itself made me mad because I do enjoy this game. Um, it was a rant about not taking the dialogue seriously. Mm-hmm. And it was like all these different YouTube streamers, like, you know, making fun of it. Um, now, parts of it, like we agreed, I'm just getting out, this out of the way first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that I, you know, I do think some of the dialogue choices were bad. And the, especially the beginning has a lot of like quick time events and weird things that just don't get the player into the 
what I think is the fun of the game. The, fir- the first first two hours are pretty problematic. Yeah, yeah and they could have just like skipped out or you know changed it or whatever. But when I went back to the game now to kind of like you know that thing we talk about where we forgot all the controls. Yes, yes, yes. And this is get a perfect game for that. Like you know, there's a parkour element. You have to know how to like hold down the button and then hit another button at the same yeah, time. And and switching between all your various menus on the fly yes. and stuff. Yeah. So I had to go back in, just learn that in the world again, do a little bit of side events and stuff. And so once I did that, I was also kind of just jumped back to YouTube and looked at the ending because I had already beat the game. But of, I've the re- game, of, the, of the original game. Of the original game to see the cutscene and be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's where we are in the world, right? Like that's that person. I'm not going to yes. spoil anything here, but yes. that's the Tanta that I know, blah, blah. And so by doing that, I re- was reminded of how much I loved, I think, a very, very moving ending, okay. which you'll never see. I will never see. But – I just wanted to paraphrase it here because it's about, it says basically saying, saying like, Hey, if you don't think you can make it in life, you can, you are strong enough. You know, like all these positive messages that we need in the world. Yeah. And it just makes me mad that there's videos and people out there giving this game hate on a bunch of stuff, including the dialogue when they, they will never see that end scene. Yeah. So they're, it's just ignorance because they don't even know what the full game is about. Right, um, right. Well, so that, so let me touch on that for a minute because I yeah. think that you bring up a lot of fair points, right? So, like, the reason I didn't like that game, I don't think was for the reasons that other people, like, got all hot and loud and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it certainly wasn't for the use of the word fuck. I mean, I thought that was fine. That wasn't a problem. I mean, but for me, I think my biggest problem with it um, was just, like, I don't think the structure of the game justified like how big it was like for example like the world right the world is really large and i'm like there's nothing in the world except for like these little cookie cutter kind of events kind of like the like old school ubisoft school of design and it's like i don't think it served this game well i think they would have done better to maybe condense it down and have a higher density of interesting events happening and that kind of stuff and it's stuff like that where like the mechanics where i don't think they quite nailed them but it certainly wasn't like the message and it wasn't that kind of thing although i do think that the um bracelet uh character can die in a fire like every time that guy opened his Cuff. mouth i wanted him to shut the fuck up because yeah that was really annoying and i turned his dialogue down to minimal dialogue and he still talked too much and every time he talked i was like shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up um but no i i, I think there's good points to this game i just feel like they mechanically were a little bit off target and if they had tightened up the gameplay itself um, and, and and supported their combat. I think the combat is really good in this game. I think it's really interesting the way you go back and forth between your powers. And like doing that was cool. And I like that a lot. I just don't think they played to their strengths, really. And that's kind of where I fell off of it. Yeah. Just to, to finish that thought, um, one, Cuff, there's a reason why Cuff talks so much. And again, a lot of people will I'll never see that. But I won't spoil it. But there's, a, there's actually a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. And then later on... Um, yeah, I can't say anything else because some sure. people might yeah, want to play yeah. it. But like, um, yeah, I did. I, I switch it to minimal as well. But there's there's other reasons why that 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 cuff is talking so much. Secondly, um, the combat. Just want to say that I was reintroduced to it again. I'm not playing it for a while. At times, it's fucking fantastic. I mean, like, no one's talking about it that way, but they should because I was doing things. And I went back into it before I started this uh, DLC, which will be a short review. Don't worry. Um, and I did like you have four different, you know, main powers. There's a fire one. There's a range you know, all that kind of stuff, water and stuff. And I was basically going up to enemies and doing like the matrix, right? Like I was yeah. switching to fire, setting a fire spell, 
doing parkour that looks amazing. Like, you know, um, she's like spinning around, doing like crazy spirals and stuff. I was literally dodging out of the way in a matrix kind of way, uh, my body out of the way of you know, missiles coming at me and then doing a, another a melee attack and then, you know, five other attacks. And when I finished with that, I just was like, fuck me. No other game gives me this. Yeah, like, yeah. no other game gives me that, which is like an action RPG, but would still, because it does that slow-mo when you're switching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I don't really don't know another game that does that. Like, I'm slowing down, I'm being tactical, and I'm like even looking at some Pokemon shit, which I don't, don't normally like, which is like, this one's fire like resistant. Like the attributes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that I can burn everybody here because they're all, you know, uh, weakening to this. And so I do that. I have two familiars that show up. Fucking fire familiars are behind me now. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. running around killing things. I was like, there's a base here that's really yeah, fucking dude, good. Dude, 100%, 100% agree. Like, I think, and I think that's really the shame of this is people aren't, aren't celebrating that aspect of it. But to be fair, I can, I can understand why people didn't get into it. Because everything you're describing agree and i think that is a cool part but i wish that they had emphasized it more like they didn't lean into the part that they're doing well which is the combat but instead it's like these like cookie cutter events it's a giant world where you're just running too far and to be and to be perfectly honest like they don't get the story off well in any way like the first two hours are terrible and then there's dialogue issues but you know not the same dialogue issues other people are having like i i feel like they're so close to having like a fucking just really awesome game here yeah um but for me i couldn't get through it but i i want them to try again and i want them to bring this combat back i think the combat like you're saying is definitely the best part of this game it really is good and again now they got folded into um what square enix that's right Uh, yes i believe that's right yeah so there some of those developers are still going to make games or whatever and i think that to your point yeah it it was again people don't always are so uh critical but like uh including us but um it's a smaller studio and they were trying to make an RPG, right? And then they were like also doing a narrative game on top of that. So it's this open world that would be in a totally uh, in an RPG, right? It feels like that. Yeah. Where like this would normally be like where you grind, you know, but people are like, it's, it's the juxtaposition of the two games that throws it off. Yeah. Because you yeah. want more narrative to happen, but you're like, I think they were just making an RPG. So I, it's weird because I think it would go either way. Like I either wanted, um, a little more narrative to happen in a, in a slightly different way, like clean it up a little bit or less narrative and let me just play more. And I think either way would have been okay, but it kind of hits like you're saying in that middle ground. And I don't think, I don't quite think it like lands either one that strongly. Well, I, I know this is, but I know you got, you got to play through. I know you say it's It gets good. And I believe you. I totally believe you. But well, yeah, but also that's what I was doing. And that's actually, cause I finished the DLC, which I will now talk, talk about, which but, we have not talked about even once yet, <laughs> but, but it's important because like, I'm still playing this game, which is so weird because now that I remember how fun the mechanics are, I'm doing what you just said. I'm literally just going through the map and like grinding and stuff. Mm, and it's okay. it's still fun. So yeah. the DLC is, um, it's supposed to be played after you beat the game because they do like kind of spoil stuff. But it is a, a quick uh, jump back in time. So you take over a body of this woman named uh, Thalia uh, or Talia, and you basically learn how some of the events happened that you, you know, in the past that you kind of always hear about in the main game. So it's that kind of like, I'm going to go relive the past. Yeah, you'll fill in those questions that you had from the main campaign. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
but you're also playing and you start with like you know, that is that classic thing of like no powers, you know, because you're some other person. Right, right, right. But you gain new powers and then you kind of like get back to your old self kind of thing. And uh, it's a very, very short campaign. It was a free download. So if you have the game, you just get it. Um, and it's not too long. I think it was like three hours or something. So pretty short. Uh, but I'm very glad I played it. You leave with some new, you know, kind of data and information about the past. And then as soon as you finish it, there is like a little bit of kind of extending into the your main campaign a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some information and stuff like that. But yeah, it just made me want to go back to the world, weirdly enough. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of like relearned all the mechanics. In a way, it's almost a reintroduction of the game. And yeah, you just, you can, if you like the game, you go like want to play it again. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the story was anything to like write home about. It was a kind of interesting story about a woman who was, you know, going through a tough time in this pre-history. Uh, yes. But that's all it is. And um, I think it's pretty good. And it also kind of touches on one of the main characters from the, the from the main game. But I just, the long on the short of it is, if you like the game, obviously play it. You know, it's it's just more of that game and a kind of interesting um, history lesson for you. But yeah, my main takeaway from this DLC was like I'm playing the game again, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's just super fun. Yeah, I would I would love to see them take another stab, whether it's with this particular game or or whatever. But just take the core of the combat. I think they were really onto something with the combat, and just kind of polish that up and then restructure the rest of the experience whether it's more dlc or you know i would prefer just more action but what but whatever but i i think they're onto something and i think they should just take another stab at that i would hate to see that go away so yeah i'm playing it all right there we go forespoken dlc in tanta we trust uh let me talk for a minute about undergrave this is a recent uh release i think it's on everything playstation switch pc xbox and you say recent and i i, I tried you, to take you, you played to task. a year ago no, no, no. I try to take you to task on Twitter and go like, oh, Brad, we already played this. But, and I'm the first to admit things when I'm wrong, I am wrong. Uh, this looks just like a game we played, but yeah. it is not the game. This is called Undergrave? Undergrave, yeah. So this We is played a- something under something that looked like this. So that's a question, right? So, okay, so I guess question to the listeners, and if anybody listening knows the answer to this, because I don't. So I don't even know what you call this genre of game. I'm not even sure if there's even enough entries to even call it a genre, but basically what Undergrave is, it's a, um, each, each level in this is in this game is a single screen. It's a kind of a top down 2d view where you play a little, um, I don't know, warrior knight ninja type guy or something. He's got a sword. Uh, and you're in these levels. The levels have little blocks in them that are like barriers. And then there's also monsters and it's turn-based. So what happens is you get to a level, Nothing moves until you move. So it's kind of like an old school roguelike in that way, sort of. Um, you you take a move and then everybody else in the in the room moves. And your goal is to kill all the monsters in a room and then move on. But the trick of it is that um, I think Hoplite was one of these games, I believe, might have been one. I played a couple of these where they're usually like on mobile or Switch or something. But basically, you have a sword. You can throw the sword. The sword costs like throwing the sword costs like two stamina. You can jump and jumping costs like four stamina or you can dash and dashing costs like three stamina. So what you're doing is you're looking at the enemies on the screen. You're thinking where you are, where you are in relation to where they are. And you're thinking, I've got X amount of stamina. Okay, if I throw my sword and kill this guy, cool. But then I don't have my weapon and I need to get over to here. Can I get there in a certain number of turns while everybody else is moving when I take my turn? Um, So you're like strategically turn by turn thinking about, 
how you can get to where you need to go, kill who you need to kill without running out of stamina, clear the room, don't get hit, and then move on. Um, I know that's a really weird explanation, and it sounds kind of vague, but like when you see this game being played, you're like, oh yeah, it's one of those. Like I totally recognize what this is, mm. but I don't know what this genre is called, and I've certainly played others like it, uh, but I, I, I don't know, like uh, room by room tactics? No, that's not specific enough. Uh, like I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to struggle about what what it is about this game that makes it recognizable, but also really hard to describe. And I'm kind of failing at that. So if anybody listening, check out Undergrave. Check out, I think Hoplite is one. There's a bunch of these on iOS, um, for sure that I've played that are pretty good. So anyway, this is one of those. I think this is a good one. I don't know if it's the best one that I've played, but I think it's a very good one. Um, it's also a little bit of roguelike elements. You get into this level pick an area you go to the next area and then there's like two three four monsters in a room start off with zombies eventually there's like rats and other tentacle monsters and stuff but basically like i just said nothing moves you're like okay there's a monster over here throw my sword that's minus two stamina dash over there that's minus one stamina uh and if you don't do any action you get stamina back so it's all about like stamina management while also positioning while also being aware of how many turns monsters are going to get to you in um, and then uh, when you clear four levels, you get a bonus roguelike upgrade that doesn't stay with you. Like it'll be like plus one stamina or plus two health or mm. minus one stamina when you throw your sword or something like that. Um, and you just like rack those up as you go. You die, you go back to the very beginning and start over. Um, I have not beaten this game yet. It's really difficult. And I feel like the, it needed more of a tutorial because some of the tricks of this game didn't occur to me until I had already been playing for a while. So for example, you throw your sword and you're defenseless, but if you dash into your sword before you touch an enemy, you will pick up the sword and kill them. So I'm like, okay, I didn't know you could do that right away. That's new. Uh, also, if you jump directly on top of an enemy while you have your sword, I was avoiding doing that because I thought it would get hit, but actually, no, you kill the monster. Okay, cool. Now I know that. Took me a while to figure that out. Um, so little little learnings like that would have sped up my experience with this game. But overall, I think it's a really good one of these. I don't know what to call it, but it's... <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's a great example of these. My only complaint, my only complaint about this one is that the developer seems to have gone out of his way to make sure that the enemies do not end up in a line. And what I mean by that is the enemies do not just like make a beeline for you, right? Like there's enemies scattered around the screen and they all come towards you. But not like in a direct line. So like like if, if there was like three monsters that, that went straight for you in a line, you could throw your sword and hit them all, bap, 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 and they would all die in, in one whack, right? But the monsters like will go out of their way to not do that. So like if you get into a position where you're kind of like um, bottlenecking them, right? Where it's like, oh, you want to get me? You got to come between the wall and this rock. And when you do that, you're all going to be in a line, right? But the monsters like they know and like one will get in there and then the rest will go around. And so like mm. you try to kite them a certain way and they go out of the way to not be kited, which I feel like is kind of cheap and it's kind of irritating because it makes the game extra hard. And I feel like the developer clearly knew that was a valid strategy for these kind of games and he didn't want that to be a strategy. So he worked against it to make sure you couldn't do that strategy. Um, that makes it a little more difficult than I think it needs to be. Um, but then again, you know, I mean, I guess I could get good if I sat here and played this for 10 hours. I'm probably not going to do that, but I, I did enjoy what I played a little bit irritated, but I think overall it's really well done. A great one of these, whatever they are. Yes, and I think it's a pretty these. good one. Yeah, it's a pretty good I one. I know what you mean. And I can't think of the, the term either. And I played, I think that's another reason why I thought I played this game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause well, one, I just looked it up under dungeon, under rail, under garden, 
Uh, there's like a lot of under games. There's a lot of under games, yes. So I played all of them. Um, but then also because just how it looked, because I, I the art style and also the type of game it is, which yeah will go unnamed. Um, I'm going to yeah. call it Micro Tactics, I think. Let's call it okay. Micro Tactics. Micro Tactics. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say this is a Micro Tactics game because of how small it is and how quick it is and how little resources you have. That's what I'm calling it. If it's already got a name, somebody please tell me. Otherwise, I'm going with Micro Tactics. All right. Well, it seems like a good one of those. It is a very good one of those. I like it. If you like these, this is one to try. If you haven't tried it, this is a good one to try. So, Undergrave, thumbs up. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. Over to you, Carlos. Uh, We need to solve this particular mystery, although I think we kind of already solved it. We talked a lot last week about Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun, and yet... Yeah. When we talked about it at length, neither one of us had even played it. So we talked about it so much that when we got to this week's episode, we thought we'd already covered it and we haven't even covered it. Weird. Neither one of us have not had, had not even played it yet. So Warhammer 40k bolt gun. I'm not going to say that cursed term, but I will say it is a doom like 90s style shooter. Yes. Let's make our new term. Doom like yes, doom like I'm going to say it's a doom like 90s style doom like uh, pixely fast paced running around shooting a bunch of stuff. Uh, very little strategy involved. It's more about like reflexes, run and gun kind of a thing. So you were really psyched about it. In fact, more than I was. And I think you kind of sold me on it, although I am a 40K fan. Uh, but you have played it and I have played it. And I think now we are going to like legit talk about it. So uh, your thoughts, Carlos, Warhammer 40K, Bolt Gun. Yeah, I think why I was so hyped on it, and I still am for the most part, um, is the fact that it is that old school look. With, by the way, sliders, which you can make it look more old school or as it is now, kind of like mix between. Yeah, um, I like making it less. I, I put it minimal pixely is what I did. Yeah, and because it, it, it's it's very smooth. Um, yeah, 60 frames or, or more, like 100 frames or something. It's just like beautifully buttery smooth, I think. Um, I'm playing it on PlayStation, I think. And I'm on Xbox, yeah. Okay. Well, runs fine. Runs fine, um, as well it should. It's a kind of old school graphics. I know, right? It'd be embarrassing if it didn't run fine. But it's also very important because, yeah, this is like very quick and and kind of, you know, old school arcade And the fact that, like you said, you just pick up uh, keys and health items and anything you're going to pick up, you're, you're going to find it on the floor by killing an enemy. Um, so it runs smooth. And yeah, you play. There's a lot of like Warhammer like lore in it. I don't know a lot of that, but yeah, little callouts and nods and stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's kind of like um, yeah, old school looking, but at the same time uses a lot of locations and enemies and things like that. And so yeah, you're like this tank dude. What's the actual term for him? I think you're just a space marine. I think you're space, space marine. marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think another review talked about this, but they really do a good job of making the weight of the character. Uh, be realistic. Like you can hear the thud of his like, armor. Oh, you're clanking everywhere. You clanking go, everywhere yeah, for sure. And when you jump, you can you know there's no fall damage, and yet when you land, it's like a thud, and it just feels really like good. You know, the, the, all the controls feel good, and it feels like they put some time in uh, you know the character. And then yeah, you pick up different weapons, and uh, I think in general, there's only like the main assault rifle is my favorite. <laughs> It's like there's a lot of other kind of the shotgun doesn't to me really seem like it differentiates. No, the shotgun enough. sucks. That is not good. Yeah, and then there's like a bigger laser gun, and then there's a kind of a super assault rifle. But I think the assault rifle in general, as long as you have ammo, uh, does the job. Yeah, the very basic, like your core bolt gun. The very yeah, yeah that's like the best gun in the game. Like event, it really is that thing. 
when you shoot that thing, like something about it, they just nailed how it feels because it feels great to shoot it. It sounds great to shoot it. And when you see your bullets taking chunks out of dudes, like it's very satisfying just to use the stock weapon. I think they really, they really did a great job on that. And that's why I originally reached out to you about it because I was like, and also remember I'm playing PS5. I have the haptic feedback in my controller. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you don't have that, but um, like it just that the feedback in the controller and that feel of that first gun which you have like a lot of the times is I was like, Oh Brad, you got to play this. Cause yeah, yeah. It just, they did everything right. And I'll stand by that. Uh, I think just in general, it's like fucking fun as shit. And I was like, wow, um, why am I having so much fun? Like this is just an old school shooter, but they're doing everything right. And then they do this beautiful mechanic, which is the chainsaw. Uh, yes, so the yes. chainsaw sword basically like jumps to an enemy. As long as you're like, kind of close to an enemy it goes actually a lot further than i expected it to. yeah yeah it, you have to like kind of select the enemy just by looking at it and if it, at pretty far range it'll like zoom you like uh like a zip line or something exactly you just shoot right towards them yeah yeah and then you can generally kill most enemies with it but you have to like spam the button see i didn't understand that i, yeah. I got confused by that and i what i was doing was i was holding the button you find a guy, you let go of the button, you zoom towards him and, and and cut him up with your chainsword. And I didn't realize until literally this morning that as you're cutting a guy, if you keep spamming the chains the chainsword button, it'll keep attacking. Yes. I, I did not understand that from the tutorial. The only problem is that some enemies, which are bullet spongy, which I will get to. Yeah, like pretty tough. Yeah. Con of the game. Yeah. Is um if you're doing that and like just repeatedly spamming a button of chainsword on like enemy, there's a pro tip for everybody listening. You will still get shot. Yeah, it's so not like an you can't kill for do everybody. that. Yeah yeah, 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 you can't do that because like you're basically open. Think about it. You're a marine just try, trying to like spend time, like uh, Ash from Evil Dead, like sawing through this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other people are shooting at the same time, so I've almost died by just doing that. So you got to be careful with that. But in general, it's a fucking fun mechanic. If you saw that tweet I did when I first started playing it. There's this beautiful. Oh yeah, you posted a, a, a clip of it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you like yeah. you shoot to chainsaw to shoot to chainsaw to blow up to grenade, and it just feels like this beautiful. Um, yeah, just to really spend a lot of time making it feel good. Um, so that's my pros. I think it's just really fucking fun, and the accessibility options are like kind of through the roof. There's like different difficulties, but there's also. Um, I forgot what all the sliders were, but like if you get stuck, which I did a couple times, um, there's invincibility. There is, yeah. Just yeah. turn it on. And I think, you know why I like it? I'm going to tell you why I like it. Because I put it on when, it, 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 I'll get to the con in a minute, two, two of the cons of the game. Okay. I put it on because I was getting frustrated and it let me kind of like play around with how it was going to tackle that room. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 I didn't have to worry about dying. So I was like, oh yeah, look, when I do this, I like the chainsaw thing, I still get shot. Or, oh, when I do this, I like, I, I should go into the corners and like look for the ammo first and then jump up this one thing. You know, I don't know. That's like, I, I liked it every once in a while to use it as a strategy. Yeah. Um, and then the, here's the cons. So the con that you, I know you have, that everybody has that plays this game, because it's old school, there's no map. And because there's no map, it could be kind of fun because you're just running around finding stuff. But it also, you just get lost. Yeah. You get lost like a motherfucker. There's a yeah. level, I don't know if you went to it, with portals. I have not been to the portal. Okay. That's fucked because you're already lost in a normal level. Then the portals take you to different places. 
I noped out at that point. Mm. And by the way, I haven't went back since the portal level okay. Okay. because I just didn't know where to go anymore. And I was like, I don't know which portal I'm supposed to go through. So that is frustrating. And the other frustrating thing is those rooms that they didn't even need to build in this game. Cause I think all the level design is fun, mm-hmm. but even though you get lost, there's those rooms where it's like, now it's a horde mode, you know? Oh, like it's the, uh, I forget what you call them, but it's like the, like the enemy rush mode where all of a sudden it's like, uh, you need the termination room or something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. And what's, there's a con within the con. It's not just a room where you have to uh, destroy everybody. It's a room where you have to destroy certain enemies. Do you know that? I didn't re- I just killed everybody. But then I was, I was, okay, that makes sense because like you get into a thing and it's like, uh, terminate them or whatever it says. Yes. And you start killing guys like crazy, but then I would kill a lot, but not everybody. And then it's like termination lifted. And I'm like, but I, there's like guys left. Do I need to, yes. what happened? Like, why didn't, why did Cause you happen? needed to kill certain guys. And if you didn't, enemies keep coming. So okay, if you I run totally out of did ammo, not even realize that. I did not even oh, know Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you run out of ammo or, cause yeah, I, I guess the fourth con, there's a lot of cons piling up here is you can definitely run out of ammo for your favorite weapon. Okay. So okay. once you do that, like you're, you have using weapons you don't like, and then you're kind of low health. So I just started getting pretty late in the game and to these, you know, whatever you call them, boss rush or just kind of like enemy rush zones. Yeah. And I was dying a fucking ton. And then I was like, there has a good save feature where you could save anywhere. Um, so I was saving it like what is it, like 8% health, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like trying to like make it through the level and then doing it and feeling good. I'm like, okay, I did it. But I was getting a little too, what do I want to call it? Like uh, sweaty. <laughs> I was getting like, I was sweat. I was actually sweating. So Physically I was like, sweating. Yeah, I was like, where I initially just just loved the game, when you get far into it, I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. I'm a little bit on the edge of leaving it. It sounds like you kind of already have left it, though. Well, I noped out of that portal level. I can look it up on YouTube. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But So there's a bunch of my cons. What do you think on those pros and cons? I mean, I'm kind of with you, dude. So like, I will say like, I'm a 40K fan, and I think like the... The theming and the style is pretty on point. I mean, I wish they kind of went more. Like, I want it more. Um, I feel like you start to see the same stuff too often. Uh, like, the same kind of enemies. I didn't finish the game. Uh, and I'm not sure that I will. But what, the, the chunks that I played, I played a lot. I mean, at least half of it. I don't know. Maybe less well, than Well, you half. can't play like... half of it because I'm not even half of it. And You're not. I'm at oh, the geez. Level. Okay. So let me let me amend that. Maybe that game is a lot longer than I thought it, it was. It is a because... lot longer, dude. That's what I was saying. Okay. Fucking... So maybe. I, okay. So whatever I played, I played a lot, but clearly not as much as I thought I did. But I felt like I played a pretty good amount of it. And I started feeling like, okay, I want to see new enemy types and I want to see new things happening. But, but like, I love the feel of the bolt gun. The bolt gun feels awesome. I love just when you're. When you're just not concerned about things, like, for example, when you're not worried about the kill room thing, which I didn't even understand until literally mm-hmm. just now, or when you uh, are not lost. I got lost all the time in this game. Like, And that, to me, is a big problem. Um, being lost in a game is one of my all-time least favorite things. In any That'll note me out of a game faster than almost anything is when I don't know where I'm going and I can't get out of it and I'm just like running in circles. I feel like this game would have been much better just like as a linear sort of just straightforward kind of a thing. Totally agree. And none of those kill rooms. None of the kill rooms. But also um, finding keys is so boring to me because number one, it's hard to figure out where to go because you're lost. And I'm like, okay, wait, 
oh, okay, I got to find a key. And then where's the key? And I don't know where the key is. And then, okay, I found the key, but where's the door? I don't remember. I can't tell where I'm at because everything looks the same and I'm not sure where I'm at. So, so a couple things, right? Like you could have had a map. I would have preferred just more straightforward levels because when you're just in the, the, the adrenaline rush reflexology of it, that's when it's popping. You're just like, shoot, 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 and dodge. And the gun's like, bah, 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 And like the guys are going into shreds. And like, that's awesome. Like, it feels great. And it feels really good. But then you get lost. Like, I was I was in several levels in an empty level because I killed everybody. Running in circles because I can't figure out where to go. And I'm like, Same. it totally fucking sucks, right? Kills all the momentum. Kills all the energy. It kills the vibe that you just built up. Totally, dude. It's just like complete, like, buzzkill. Hardcore. Yep. And the thing that really sucks is... You have a servo skull with you. Now, I, this is like a little thing that's in Warhammer. They take these little skulls of people and they, they stick a bunch of technology in them and they become helpers, right? And this little skull is with you. And I thought for sure that if I hit a certain button, he'd be like, oh, yes, here is the guideline that takes you to the level exit or something, right? I thought he would help you, like give you tips or like get you unstuck. He doesn't do fuck all anything. It, it, just it, like, it does only give you history or like little information yeah, when you no, walk up to things. That's yeah, it tells you like a little bit of flavor text or something. That's it. And I'm like, okay, what? Why is this thing not guiding me to the exit? Because I need to get out of here. Yeah, I need a hint or something. And I thought for sure, why else would you even bother putting that thing in there? The flavor text is worthless. Like it blows my mind that they didn't do anything with the servo skull who's with you the entire game. Might as well not even be there. I don't even know why they bothered. So I wonder if it's like, they meant to do something with it and they didn't finish or they forgot or like what, but like, so, and on the one hand, I think it's when it's working, I think this game is great. I, I really like the feel of it, the action, the adrenaline, the momentum. That's amazing, but you get lost too often. And I feel like you're not seeing enough new for how long it is because I already felt like I was getting close to the end and you're telling me I'm not even halfway. So yeah, that's not great. But overall, I, I guess mixed. I was, I was kind of high on it, but now that we're talking about it, I feel like I'm less high on it. Yeah, I am too, and it's 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 such a weird kind of uh, juxtaposition of how I felt when I first started. Because, like you said, it's just so kinetic and feels so great. I think here's my dream for what this game could have been: is like you said, that skull tells you where to go. Just a little line, right? Don't worry about it. Yeah, especially because the key, one of the keys, was was right in the middle of the room, and I didn't see it <laughs> because again, you're running around stuff like that. Uh, secondly, I think they all should just be linear levels. Like, yeah, that would be better. It would be, you get that flow. The flow state is what it is, right? Yeah, you just want to be shooting shit. Yeah, and you want to do the chainsaw thing that you made that feels really good. So, but yeah, you either are empty, uh, empty dungeon, just trying to find the exit, or trying to find the key, and then finding the door, like you said, you don't know where the door is. Um, that just takes all the fun out of it. Or yeah. you're in a in one of those kill zones. We'll call them kill rooms. And you don't know who you're supposed to kill. And if you even know you got to kill anybody, I didn't even know that. Right. And by the way, I don't know if I'm 100% right. I think that's what I heard. Uh, And then when I went to go take out two of the bigger bosses, all the other enemies were gone or something. So I think that's what it is. Um, But either way, it's some sort of status you have to do, right? Because you said you saw it. Like, yeah. It's de- it stopped. Okay, yeah, we're over. Yeah, they give you little messages about it. Yeah. So I think it's killing these big guys. And then near where I'm at, it's getting bold spongy. And mm. it just it, bold spongy doesn't feel like it fits this game. You yeah. know what I mean? You want to be just like steamrolling shit. Steamrolling shit. You're a badass. And so what's happening is, and this is the biggest kind of ball, I'm stuck in a well, besides the portal level, before that I was stuck in a kill zone room where I had to beat three 
uh, sponge level bosses. Mm-hmm. I had to beat all of them, and I was out of ammo of my favorite gun. Uh, I was out of assault rifle ammo. Yeah. So I'm just using this weird gun I didn't like, and I'm at 5% health. And I go, ooh, I don't want to play right now. That doesn't sound like a good time. So here's a fix besides the linear level. Secondly, uh, just unlimited ammo for assault rifle. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no shit. No shit, bruh. Like, you built a very good assault rifle. Yeah. Make it unlimited. I mean, truth, dude. It's It feels fun to just use the basic gun more than any of the other guns, so... Yes, and then make all the other guns optional, because yeah. that's your play style, sure, or you sure. want to blow something up really quickly. It's just like, all these levels that I've been stuck at, I've been worried about ammo. Like, and then I'm running around in a maze I don't know where to go to. This sounds like a very con thing, ending, but there's a lot to like here, Um but I mean, I'll say I this game not. starts with a bang, and it, it 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 leaves a very good first impression. Like when you yes. do the first couple levels, where they're real short and they're real easy, and you're not getting lost. You're like, this is amazing. This is yeah. This feels great, dude. I feel like Superman playing this game. This is the shit. Um, but yeah, I feel like maybe they, I don't know. I feel like they maybe they lost their way a little bit, and I don't I don't feel invested enough in this game to probably push through the parts that are kind of turning me off of it, which is the getting lost and the looking for keys kind of thing. There's not. Not uh, not having a lot of fun with that. So well, not to pile onto the cons, but I just thought of something. What's I was that? like, "What? Well, what's the thing that could get me invested?" Because you said invested, and I was like, "If they had a light, light skill tree, I yeah. know it doesn't yeah. go with these games." Okay, I understand that, but at the same time, because you're doing this, I'm getting lost. I have bullet spongy enemies. Then give me a little bit of an upgrade. So if I'm in this portal level, right, and my next. Uh, level has a kill room with four bosses that are bullet spongy at least i've upgraded my guns yeah you know or done something like maybe my ammo capacity but without any of that it's like the it's not the best of both worlds what is it's the worst of both worlds where it's like oh you're doing it old school but you're also doing it you know bullet spongy and i don't know yeah, I mean, well, you know, in Warhammer itself, I mean, there's thousands of different types of space marines and all sorts of gear and guns and weapons. And it would be kind of cool to lean into that a little bit more and more where you could spec yourself out or maybe get like a permanent upgrade or something. You know, just like, like you said, like like very minorly building your character. I don't need like some giant skill tree, but just to, you know, a little bit of ownership of the character, a little bit of leaning it towards the preference of play style that you like. That would help, I think. Um, yeah. So, gosh, you know, we ended up being a lot more mixed on this than I thought we were going to be. So did I, because I, I played it and I was like texting you when I was starting it and going, yeah, like, man, you were high on so it. This is so amazing. Yeah, right? I was having fun, too. Yeah. Mm. All right. We don't know All what right. to say. All right. Well, OK. I feel like we're going to maybe finish strong here on the show. Two more games to go. OK. Uh, Miasma Chronicles just dropped, I want to say, last week or so. Oh, um, I what? have another game, too, but we could just keep it for next week. Oh, okay, okay. I had After Us, remember? Oh, shit. No, yeah. we have to... T- oh, I, okay, my bad. I, we, we can still talk s- about it. I can do it quickly. We still got to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Pause. Pause. I don't want to pause. We're not editing. No, no. I just like mentally Okay, pause. good, good. Pause my Asma Chronicles. No, we got to talk about it. Okay. Okay. After Us is the one that I completely skipped. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Carlos and I both played this game. This is Oh, on, that's right, because you played it. Yes. Yeah, we both played it. PS5. This is a brand new... I guess it's fair to say ecological themed platformer where you play as like, I don't know, like the avatar of Earth or something, I guess. Gaia. 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 Okay. So you're kind of like a little girl appearing character and she's like kind of glowy and stuff. And you go to this, these abstract levels that kind of represent 
the world in decay, like grossness and nobody's recycling and there's litter and pollution. But there's no humans. Let's get be clear. It's, it's post-human world. There is, but there's also there are humans there, but they're not people as the way you expect them. There's kind of um, memories or statues or yeah, something. Yeah, there's they like are. weird statues of, of yeah. what humans. Yeah. So so basically, you're in these levels. You're platforming through these abstract levels that that show the Earth in in disarray. And you're trying to locate animal spirits to bring them back to the world and revitalize the planet. So that's the basic gist. I play. I I played it but didn't finish it. Carlos, did you play and finish it? I didn't finish it, but I played it for a while. Yeah. Okay. So what are your initial thoughts on After Us? Yeah. I, I, I when I started it, similar to Bolt Gun, I was like, Whoa, what is this game? This is. It's a nice relaxation thing. Um, it definitely feels relaxing. There's definitely problems and enemies at some point, but in general at least the first hour or so um it's just like walking around this like barren place but also beautiful place uh by the way there's a hub world which looks like the garden of eden uh you know it's like this beautiful lush foresty area and then you go back to the you know post-human planet that we've already fucked up uh and and get to see that so there's two different kind of like vibes but yeah there's like this beautiful sunset you're on this you start on this like huge abstract highway that's like floating in space yes yes um yes. everything is very abstract in this game so even though it's a post-human planet earth it's also like you know lynchian in a way or something like kind of just like like impressions of impression or something yeah yeah it's like yeah abstract um and so you're kind of like looking at this decay and all these cars on the street and but the platforming i think is really fun and it's, it's kind of a jump double jump dodge or dash kind of There's thing. There's a dash, yeah. A float mechanic, uh, a bunch of other mechanics later on. You can also like create um, greenery around you. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. can just create grass and forest and stuff uh, with a burst of like right trigger or whatever. And then, yeah, you're kind of like exploring the world. It, I thought it was pretty stunning. Um, I had to switch it to 60 frames though because it's a platformer game. So I didn't see if it liked looked even prettier in 30 frames oh yeah i just went straight for performance mode right yeah so did i i just feel like you have to because of the yeah yeah jump double jump thing so i didn't get lost even though there's no i don't think there's a map um but i did seem to know where to go even though this is pretty sprawling areas and then there's there's this gunk that's around which is like the game gunk where you can get rid of the gunk by using a boomerang which you have um an energy boomerang for some reason and then you have your ability to create kind of grass around you, like in a circumference, a circle. And that's what I use most of the time. I don't know if you did, but you can use that, and it just gets rid of most of the gunk. Um, not everywhere, but yeah, only certain times. certain sections it works really well. Some sections it doesn't work too well. Yeah, but when you do that, it's like it's gone for good, which is nice. Um, and then yeah, you're just kind of like petting animals. You can pet weird energy spirits, and you try to find spirits, and like you said, release them. And it just all felt like, yeah, a story about, um, you know, the dangers of us fucking our planet up. There's literally statues, like you said, of humans, like, praying to electrical power grids. Yeah, like consumerism and kind of Consumerism, stuff like yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people would call it heavy-handed because um, <laughs> it's very much like, okay, did you get it? This is what we're saying. Uh, but at the same time, it's also just kind of – I used it as a relaxation game because mm-hmm. there are enemies there are like moments where you're kind of running away from things but i never felt like in fear 
you know, like of, of really dying or I, I fell to my death a couple of times, but you just start right over right yeah. where you were. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in general, I liked, obviously the message is important, you know, to care about our planet and these are all the things that could go away. But I really didn't play it like that. I played it as just a platformer to like the game gunk. Like I thought of like cleanup area or Super Mario Sunshine uh, do things and then go to new location to see beautiful new things. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I, the game is to me. Yeah. I, I can totally see that for sure. Um, uh, so I wasn't sure what to expect from this one. I will say it's really beautiful. I mean, I think even, even in the performance mode, I think it's a stunner. I think it's just mm-hmm. the art, art style is really beautiful. The lighting. I really do like the, um, the abstract approach to the levels. Like, you know, like you said, the freeway hanging in the sky and, cars kind of floating and all sorts of weirdness going around where you, you you clearly know what's going on like you just look at it and you're like oh yeah this is like a ruined city or this is like a a garbage dump or something but it's not specifically that thing but you know what it is just from the vibes of it and just the way that it, it gets its point across i think is really effective and i think it's really good um, i will say this game could have very easily been a boring ass walking simulator um it would have been no trouble whatsoever to make this be like a walking simulator that kind of just preached at you mm. um although not like i disagree with ecological themes i mean absolutely save the earth yes i'm on board with that just to be clear um but i think they did a really smart thing by adding all of the platforming like it becomes more of a game game not to say that walking simulators are games sir they certainly are i'm not having that argument but you know what I mean? Like there's more to do. There's more active engagement with the game. And I think it was really smart to like add these jumping mechanics, the jumping, the double jumping, the dash. It feels good most of the time to do this platforming, even though it's in a 3D space, which is traditionally a little bit challenging. Um, I think that went works really well. And I think it elevates the whole experience into something that feels like you're more you're paying more attention. You're more engaged in what's going on rather than just like walking a character from left to right and watching the scenery roll by, which I think yeah. is really good. Um, I will say, unlike you, I think I just I'm the kind of player where my brain just needs a map all the time, unless it's a FromSoft game, because they are the masters at mapless navigation. If you are not FromSoft, I want to I want a map in your game. And I got lost a couple times in this. Um, There is a very, very, very general, vague hint of a map, kind of, sort of, not really, but it doesn't help. And you're going back and forth looking for little animal spirits and they can be tucked inside a garage. They're under a car. They're behind a wall. Like you got to kind of look around a little bit. They're not just all on the critical path. And a few times when I would go out of my way to find some of the little further out spirits, like you could, you can kind of tell where they are a little bit. I go out there and then I come back and I'm like, Oh shit, wait a minute. Which way was I going? Was I going left? Was I going right? I don't, Mm. I don't quite remember. And the game's hint system doesn't always work. If you are near a spirit, It'll tell you how to get to the spirit, but if you're lost, it will not tell you how to get to the next spirit unless you're like really close to it. So there was more than a few times when I lost my way and I'm like, okay, let's try the hint system. And I was too far away from the next spirit. So it told me nothing. So I got lost a few times, which definitely cooled me off a bit. As I just said, getting lost, probably my least favorite thing in any game. I'm a big fan of signposting. Um, but I do like it a lot. I, I, I rescued, I think, all the animals in the first level. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. I like this. And then I got to the hub world, and I'm like, okay, I didn't need a hub world, but all right, that's fine. And then I started the next section, and then I'm like, 
okay, wait, maybe this game is way too long. I feel like this game is maybe more than I want, more than I want from it. Yeah, it I seems like the, it's going to be super long. Yeah, because like you look at the first map and it's like, okay, you're in the dog world and there's like nine animals to get here and I got them all. I'm like, okay, cool. I feel good about this. That's pretty good. I could do maybe, I could do maybe two more of those and I feel like that would be good for me. And then I look at the map and there's like, there's like six or eight more and I'm like, oh, dude, wait a minute. That's, that's a lot. And I don't know that I want to play this game for that long, but I like what I've seen. I think it's really cool and beautiful. I think the mechanics feel good. I'm enjoying the jumping. Um, I just, maybe this is kind of a bullshit thing to say. Maybe I'm an asshole for saying this, but I, but after finishing that one level, I feel like I, I am questioning that there's like six or eight more levels left in this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it, it works well in those games that I still play. Which is the you know, you keep it around and you jump back into it, chip away at it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do because it definitely made me feel relaxed when I played it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think that works. A relaxation simulator, you want to call those? Sure, that walking could be. simulator, relaxation yeah. simulator. Sure, because there's still like danger and like there's enemies and stuff and stuff like that, and you can literally die by that gunk by falling in it. You Getting know? hit with flying plastic bags. Oh, I'm just to gonna bring very, it up. Very irritating. Those plastic bags can go fuck off. Yes, that sucks. They come right at you. They're homing. Oh, here's the name of the podcast. They're homing plastic bags. Homing plastic bags. That's literally what they are. They come right at you. They know exactly where you are. And they knock you off a ledge and you fucking swear. Fuck those bags. The bags are not great. Um, no. it, it took me a long time to realize I could even hit them with my... It's not even a weapon. It's like it's like your heart or something that you shoot out. It's a boomerang. And you bring it back in, the energy boomerang. But actually, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I didn't realize I could even use that as a weapon. I thought it was just to find the animals. So, oh, um, yeah. I mean, I like this game. I think it's great. I think it's really beautiful. I think it's cool. I just, I really paused pretty hard when I saw how much was left. I don't know if you're... I mean, do you feel that, Carlos? You ever get that feeling of like... You look at something and you feel like that you're you, you you're good, and then you get a sense of how much is left, and you're like, "Whoa, that feels like a lot." Do you get that feeling? Um, how about bolt gun? Yeah, <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like, "Oh, I'm in chapter one still." There's three chapters. Oh, that's a lot. That yeah. reminds you of how far you are. Yeah, I get. Yeah, and it sucks because it sounds bullshit to say this is a beautiful game and I'm having fun and I like the mechanics and it's great. And the only th- the only problem I have is I'm intimidated by how much is left. Yeah, no, that's fine. Again, I guess. I, yeah. I, uh, here, here's another quick tangent, which I almost say now and I have to say at the end of the show. But I was I was watching John Wick four because yeah. like I'm streaming you now and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, I watched that in three settings or sittings. Oh wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was not even a two sitting movie uh, because I was like, I like a lot of this action, and there's a lot of it. You know, it's obviously just all wall to wall combat. Yeah, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, like an hour in, I'm like, I'm good, dude. Same. So same, it's kind yeah. of that same thing, right? It's like, oh, I got a lot of exploration and relaxation. My blood pressure's down. I had a great time with this game. I'm good for now. Yeah, it's interesting That's because it. It, it. I mean, you're right, dude. You're 100 percent right. And it's interesting because I, like I just said, I like this game. I don't really have any complaints about it, other than the plastic bags can get fucked. But that's <laughs> a really super minor complaint. That's not even a complaint, really. Um. But as I played this, I'm like, I got to that point. Like you said, I got to the John Wick point, which could also be the name of this podcast. The John yeah, Wick point that's is pretty, pretty good. good too. And you're like, I'm okay. Like, I feel like I'm good, which is which is in direct contrast to the game that we're going to talk about at the very end, because that game could not put it down, could not stop playing it. I wanted to play more, couldn't tear myself away. I never got to the point of where I'm like, all right, I'm good. I was like, ooh, I hope there's more. Oh, I hope there's more. I got to get another hour. I got to keep playing. So we'll get to that game in a second, but that is different than this game where I like it, but I'm like, 
but I'm satisfied pretty quickly and I don't feel like I want more. Well, so. another tangent, but another um, just kind of agreeing with you. The game, the last game I want to talk about, I feel that exact same way. Oh. Where I'm like the exact opposite of like, oh, I'm good for this game. Uh, I'm like, no, 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 I need more. So okay, okay. So there's something that we need to we need to dissect that. I don't know that we're going to solve that in this podcast, but yeah, there there's got to be a, a name for a feeling where this game is good, but you've had enough and you're good, and then you move on, yeah. as opposed to a game that's good and you can't fucking get enough of it. So okay, all right. Well, anyway, that is after us. I feel like it's a thumbs up for me, but I also didn't finish it, and I feel like I've had a good experience, and I'm not sure they want more. But I really liked it. It's a thumb sideways in a way for me, I, I think. A little bit of a tilt. It's man. like tilt it up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a new new score, by the way. You've never seen that before. No eights, nines, and tens here or sevens. We have a thumb that's like halfway sideways, but tilted upwards. Yeah, yeah. All right, tilt it up. Okay. Now, let's get back on track. We were going to unpause uh, where we did pause and get back to this game, which I'm very curious to hear about. Miasma, Chron- Miasma? Miasma Chronicles? Miasma Chronicles. Miasma Chronicles. This is coming from, I want to say, uh, I forget the dev- They got a weird name. The development team has a weird name. It's I like, have it written down, but I'll let you. Uh, is it the, the Bearded Ladies? It is. No. It is? Good okay, job. good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. did Mutant Year Zero. Yeah, they did Mutant Year Zero, which... Uh, was a turn-based kind of XCOM tactics where you had a duck and a pig, I think, were your main characters. And did you play Mutant Year Zero? Yeah, it was anamorph- anamorphic. Is that what it's called? Ana- An- anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, yes. yeah. Yeah, which was a great game, except for it got really, really hard, and I think the tactics were not deep enough. I almost, I got like two levels away from finishing that game, and I just noped out, which was dumb. I kind of feel like wanting to go back to it. Um but I really like that the theming, the post-apocalyptic world, the systems, like everything in Mutant Year Zero was really cool. I think they just kind of went a little bit too hard on the difficulty. But I think in general, that was a big win. And this is their follow-up. Uh, you can tell me whether or not it's a, a sequel or not, or maybe just set in the same world. But Miasma Chronicles looks like another turn-based XCOM-style tactics in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, I did not see the the duck or the pig, so I'm guessing maybe different different game different characters not the continuation not a sequel tell us about uh miasma chronicles carlos yeah i i'm the same way as you i really enjoyed the first game or the mutant year zero game uh, i was really difficult and i i struggle with XCOM games you have played all of them and are i think much better at them than i am but i seem to just fail or get frustrated um and i don't know what kind of difficulty settings there were back then uh for mutant year zero but i am proud to say and happy to say there's Plenty of options uh, in Miasma Chronicles. Miasma Chronicles. Fuck me. I'm playing the game. I don't even know. Uh, but you play as Elvis. His name's Elvis, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Is um, he human or what? He's a human guy. Okay. He's a kid. Uh, well, you know, young guy. And it takes place in you know post-apocalyptic world, uh, but in the south. And, okay. and you're in a little town called Sedentary, which I think is also fun. That's funny. That's funny. And you, all you know is that you grew up with your big brother, who is a robot. Okay. Which I like that he's your big brother. I'm on brother. board. I'm on board. And your mom is on the other side of this wall of the miasma, miasma, uh, which is this huge kind of like dark matter stuff that you can't penetrate. And your mom's on the other side of it for some reason. And these are the only things you know. And you have a glove, a power glove. And she set you up with your robot brother at some point and to protect you. 
and you're stuck on the other side of the wall. So she's on one side, you're on the other side. You can't. Can you guys talk to each other? No, you can't. You don't. Okay. You, you've been looking for her forever. You're yeah. trying to get through this wall. Okay. That's kind of like the main story. Mm-hmm. But the secondary story is that there's this huge like mining town that's on the other side of it that you grew up in, and uh, you know, post-apocalyptic people are like fending for themselves, trying to like make stuff out of old junk or whatever. But there's also monsters. And they are also anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. I can't even say that word. There's these frog monsters. So they look like humans, but they're frogs. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's other monsters later on. I've only played three hours or so, maybe. Um, but there's also uh, the first family, which is kind of like this very class system story where, like, you know, the elite people, the 1% uh, are somewhere and they kind of like dictate everything and have all the gold and money. And you are like a common worker, you know, and what you do in this whole world is about is that they make stuff. And then at some point, the first family sends like people down to take some stuff from you and give you rations and then take your stuff and bring it back home or whatever. So this is kind of weird society class system going on there. Mm -hmm. But in general, what is the game? It's an XCOM game. I said XCOC. I got (laughs) it. I got to admit that I said it. <laughs> I'm an improv. I'm a yes and person. That is really funny. I know. It's also good. Can we even use that as a podcast name? I don't know that we can use that. I'd have to put an asterisk. It's the I think... coffee. It's got me going yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, so, for a second, I thought you said X-Cop, which is a totally different game, which is funny. It's X-Cop uh, or X-Cop. X-Cop, yes. It's an X-Cop with an X-Cop. <laughs> that's an X-Cop, X-Cop game. Oh, goodness. Oh, my oh, goodness. goodness. Maybe I'll cut all this out. That's a whole new genre. We're just inventing it as we go. It's true. Um, so XCOM game. And basically what you do is, you know, you uh, explore the world in third person. So you're still running around, right? Open, like in real time or turn-based? Real time. Okay. Just like you're going around the world with your robot buddy, uh, brother, and you're exploring these, you know, this little town and these outskirts. There's different maps, so you literally will like travel to different sections and stuff like that. But A, the graphics are amazing. I put it on, you know, fidelity mode because it's a turn based game. So I don't I don't need to run around fast, right? So it just looks beautiful. Um, you don't swing the camera all the way around three sixty, it's just left and right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can swing it around anywhere, but it doesn't move up and down in space. It's just like left and right, uh, the camera. But anyways, that's all you need. And this game, I'll cut to the chase, it's Wasteland 3. Like, okay. it feels so much like Wasteland 3, which we both loved. Um, and it's like that, it's got that look, that feel, you know, all the really cool characters. The voice acting is so good. Like, everybody's really good. The mayor of the town is just a head in a jar. He's an ex-Marine <laughs> guy. That's good, yes. And he, like, is not, like, just mean. You would think, like, oh, ex-Marine you know, seen it all and kind of like, you know, stodgy and stuff like that. He's like helpful and he's, he's endearing somehow. Um, every character you meet, is just interesting and different uh, minor spoiler. You meet other people that, you know, can join up just like in wasteland. And the first character I met is a woman and I think she might be native. Um, and like an indigenous person. Yeah, maybe, or at least like she's would like live with them. I don't know. I'm kind of creating my own story. I just know that she has like a feather in her hair and uh, I could see that being the case. Um, not appropriation, but it just seems like I'm hoping that she's native. Right, right, um, right. And she's a sniper. 
and her gameplay's you know wildly different than anything I had so far. Okay, okay. and she can silent kill and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so I just love all the voice acting. I love the world building. That's that thing that I was telling you why I want to jump back to it right after this podcast is because I just like what they built. And then I also, which I'll get to now, I like the combat as well. So you put those two together. That's a game that you want to keep coming back to. Um, so I'll lightly talk on the combat. It's it's just like Mutant Year Zero or XCOM in that style. Of like when you meet the enemies, you can you know plan your tactics, etc. But I don't know if this was in other games, including XCOM. But before the enemies see you, they it shows you the grid of their visibility, mm-hmm. and you can move around freely until you start the fight. Yeah, yeah. That, right? that was in Mutant Year Zero. That was a huge part of Mutant Year Zero. But other games have done that where you can kind of like get the drop on them and position yourself before you start combat so you can yes. get the upper hand. Yeah. So yeah. what's beautiful about, I think her name is Jade, the the sniper, is that you can do that, and if she takes out enemies with a sniper, a silent, then you can keep moving around. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so like, again, I don't think this is like a new mechanic for uh, for other games, but I don't remember, like, you know, enjoying it as much as I am. So she took out three enemies before we even started the fucking battle. So I was like, I love you. Um, and then when you start the battle, you know, if they're all alerted and you could do that classic XCOM gameplay, but the, the, the specialness is he's got an arm that's special and has powers, miasma powers. And so you can literally, one of the first powers is you can pick up an enemy and throw them and, you know, it takes resource costs and all that stuff. But like I threw an enemy into exploding barrels Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah. you know that was fun and then the other one i just got was like electrical just offensive abilities and so each one just feels different like the robot has a tackle move and it just feels like it's character you know they, there's a skill tree for each enemy or for each yeah. character and yeah. they all feel like not just generic increase my offensive but they feel like you know for that character and then there's of course mods to the weapons and all that kind of yeah, stuff you yeah, get yeah. in this game but i think just in general it's just a really good world building. I didn't even, I was so surprised that I cared. Um, an interesting story about like, you know, what is on the other side of the wall, you know, what's going on with my mom kind of thing. And then the, yeah, the, the landscape that they build, it's like future technology mixed with gunk and monsters and a shitty little shanty town. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and if that's your vibe, which I think is both of our vibes, when it comes to wasteland, yeah, it's just it does everything right. And the last thing I'll say is the slider. It's got easy mode, which I didn't put it on. It's got normal mode, which I'm on, and it's got two other higher difficulties, mm-hmm. which makes me know that normal is not going to be balls hard, which I like. And then there's also tactical or light tactical. And so light tactical is what I have it on, which is, means that, that mean? which means that when you're behind cover, you have, you know, 50% cover, whatever. If you're, if you shoot a bomb or, you know, throw a grenade, it's going to do this much damage. Everything is what it should be. And full tactical, tactical, it's like RNG, right? Like you might. Oh, like, okay. So you're saying you can, you can reliably predict the outcome in yes. light tactical as opposed to. Oh, your grenade might roll a different way, or maybe the guy's only going to get 50% of the blast, or like the yes. RNG shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you love to go into that mode, man, there's sliders for that, right? Okay. okay. But I like the fact that they gave me this, where so far I feel like, yeah, when I fail, it was my fault, and I'll restart because they have a great save system. But in general, I'm doing much better at these games than I normally do, 
which is a good sign for how they made the game. Ah, oh, I hate that you talked about this because you're getting me like super pumped about it right now. You should um, be, by the way. You should be, bro. This sounds like one kajillion percent my jam, dude. Uh, so, okay. So what I'm hearing you say is basically this is exactly like Mutant Year Zero, but better. And which is great because Mutant Year Zero was great. I mean, it was a, th- a great game. Thematically, it was great. Characters were great. Systems were great. Like world design was great. Like everything about it was great, except that they just... They didn't offer you enough um, options in the tactics because what ended up happening was um, the game was so difficult towards the end that you really had to maximize your use of this sneak around system that you described. And Mm -hmm. so if you didn't get the drop on people right off the bat, like you were kind of fucked. And so it just got to this point of where I was just doing the same thing with the same character, taking the same three shots every time. And I'm like, I want to do something like I want to change it up a little bit, but there weren't enough viable options. Um to really make that work. I should go back to it. In fact, what you're, what you're making me do is I want to go back to Mutant Year Zero and, and play that. It. and yeah. yeah, and beat it because I got so close. I was literally one or two levels away from the end before I noped out, which is dumb. Um, but I was so frustrated at it, with it at the time. But but that frustration aside, and who knows if they fixed it since then. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had. But it was a great, outstanding game. Like I loved it as an XCOM-type um, game. Loved the characters. Loved the world. Loved everything about it. I just wish it was like a little bit easier to play because I got, you know, and like you said, I play all the Taxis games for sure. And that one I felt like got really, really like a little bit unfairly difficult. But everything you're saying about Miasma Chronicles is like, yes, Queen, uh, bring it because I love this world. I love what they've done. The bearded ladies really displayed a strong depth of knowledge and good craftsmanship last time around in Mutant Year Zero. I'm down. I'm 1000% down for this. So uh, we don't have a code for it right now, unfortunately, but I am going to get on board with this as soon as I can. And this sounds great actually yeah it's the one of the ones that like i told you in text was like yeah it's fifty dollars on most platforms it's on steam as well and i think xbox probably i'm guessing yeah it's on xbox as well um and so it's probably about fifty dollars everywhere but man it's worth it i mean already it's worth it because just the world i want to be in that world like i actually was looking for side missions there weren't a ton in the beginning uh and there's collectibles you know you go around a map and kind of find shit everywhere um, but man, I just love the world so much. Um, I will say this. I just looked up Jade, uh, character profile on the steam page mm-hmm. because they have those <clears throat> and it says, she, it doesn't say if she's native or not, but it says she's a mysterious gun for hire. Um, looking for the legendary warrior, witch Bamadi. So my mom, Elvis's mom is Bamadi. So I guess she's also a warrior. Okay. Um, and so she's, you know, she wants to get back at this first family and by the way, they set up a lot of like Fallout stuff too, where like there's posters, electronic posters of like New America, you know? Oh yeah, their, so, their like, environmental storytelling is uh, is is great. They're top tier. It's so good. Yeah, it's like basically good. saying like, hey, here's what it was before the fall of this miasma stuff, and like obviously like the class system breaking, and like you know poor people are poor and rich people are rich. So there's that going on, and the fact that like I love that Jade is like angry about it, you know, like she wants revenge. Uh, on this first family. So there's so many little ins. I'm like, I just want to finish Jade's mission. I want to help Elvis find his mom. I want to help this robot get stronger. And the combat's fun as shit. Oh man, stop talking. You're getting me, I'm, uh, you're getting me I'm going to play hyped. as I'm soon as I'm done talking in this podcast. Damn it. Uh, I don't want to, so good. I don't want to spend money on this, but you're making me want to spend money on it. Okay. No, I want you to spend money on it, by the way. I do. Uh, man, this sounds great though. This sounds excellent. This sounds like just my jam. If it's if it's even as good as as Mutant Year Zero, it'll be a fantastic game. So well, I'm uh, telling you, it is. Yeah, I'm it telling you, it is. Better. Yeah, better. it's better. Yeah. 
All right, that sounds like a fucking win. That sounds like oh, a hardcore so win to me. Fucking so. good. All right, okay. So we're gonna end on another positive note uh, because I've been playing Star Trek Resurgence. Yes. Um, I'm gonna tell you, Carlos. I didn't know anything about this game until a code showed up in my inbox. I didn't know Jack. I hadn't heard about it. I didn't. I mean, I know what Star Trek is, of course. Obviously, everybody does. But I've never heard of Star Trek. What is it? Uh, it's like this thing. It's like people talking. Sci-fi thing? Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, I hadn't heard anything about Resurgence. I didn't even know what kind of game this was. I thought this was another one of those MMOs that was going around. Like, There's some kind of Star Trek MMO that's been running for a long time or something. I think uh, Josh Tolentino, who writes for us at Game Critics, talks about it once in a while. So I was like, oh, is this one of those? Eh, blah, blah, whatever. Who cares, right? And then I, I start looking into it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's not that at all. It's actually very much like a Telltale game. Uh, telltale style you know like a, a visual novel plus where you've got choices you can walk around a little bit you've got relationships i'm like okay wait wait wait, wait. okay wait, okay yeah this is my thing maybe i'll play this and i check it out this game kicks so much ass dude it's so good it's so good um okay so before i say anything else the thing that i'm going to say is if you like star trek specifically next generation or anything in that era just Stop the podcast, go buy it, go play it right now. Like, if you have any any feeling, any nostalgia, any love for that era of Star Trek, this is that thing 10 out of 10 to a T. Like, it, wow. it nails it so hard. Um, this feels like playing a lost series of Star Trek that you never got to see. And it's and it's really well written, too. Wow. Um, so that is in itself amazing. Now, so the, the opposite side of that is... If you don't like Star Trek, don't play this. If also, if you don't know what Star Trek is, I mean, I, I suppose it's possible people out there haven't watched Star Trek or whatever. If you're not a fan, if you don't know what Star Trek is, like, don't let this be your first thing because I think this thing pays off in so many ways. If you have even a cursory knowledge of Star Trek in general, but specifically like the TNG era, um, it's just like, it's like amazing how many on point things they've got like the tone the style the writing the vibe like all the call outs all the equipment everything in there it just feels like it, it is as close as you're going to get to being on one of these starships right unless until the federation is real this is the closest you're going to get because it just nails everything to a t right but, but 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 i have seen people say they didn't care for this game and want to investigate but they don't really know anything about star trek so that's mm, fair yeah. that's fair if it's you like don't yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like a love letter to Star Trek Next Generation, it sounds like. Yes. But yes. in telltale form. Exactly so. So if you like Star Trek, 10 out of 10, this is on your one of your best best games of the year. You're going to love this game. You're not going to be able to put it down. If you either don't like Star Trek or you have no feeling about Star Trek, probably going to be a much tougher sell for you. Um, and the reason why is, I'll tell you. Um so Telltale game in the style of like the original like Walking Dead or something like that. Like you take a character. You actually have two characters. You have um, one guy down below. He is a human and he is an engineer. He's like one of the lower decks guys. He's like the guy who does like all the grunt work on the ship. Mm. Wires broken. He fixes it. Something spills. He fixes it. Like he's like the lower deck guy. Engineer class. And your other character is the second in command. And she is an alien of a kind I'm not familiar with. But she needs a transfusion once in a while because of her special alien needs. But otherwise, she is the second in command of the ship. And you go back and forth between these two, which is great because it shows you so much of the Star Trek world. When you are the second in command lady, she is talking to all the bigwigs. She's talking to 
the the political stuff. She's like, she's in the planning room. Like, what are we doing? What's going on? What's our approach on this mission? She's doing all the high level stuff, right? But then she'll be like, oh, we need to do so and so. We need to beam somebody up, and it's a, it's a it's a it's an emergency. You cut to the dude who's the engineer, and it's like, bro beam that motherfucker up and he's like running to the thing and he's like he's doing like you see the stuff that you never saw on star trek right like he's like he's doing the buttons on the console and you get to actually do them like you only ever see people on tv pushing the buttons and you don't know what they're doing but you've got all the layouts in front of you you can see all the things that he's adjusting you're like oh this is dope he's Mm. he's adjusting the thing and he's clearing up the sensor array and he's cleaning up the signal and he's getting the tractor beam and you're doing all the shit and then it goes back to the political shit so it shows you the larger strokes of like navigating the mission, but it's also showing you how the sausage is being made behind the scenes with the engineer dudes who were like, I got the wrench and I'm opening the hatch and I'm doing all this stuff. And it goes back and forth between them, which is fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, I love both of these characters. I think they're great. The, the, the engineer guy is really cool. He's really positive. I love the way he just kind of like has his bros down in engineering the lady up on top. She's got this kind of like, the captain of the ship, I think, is an older captain, and he's kind of really concerned about his 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 um, reputation. So he's a good captain, but he had a big fuck up, and now he needs to like he wants to fix it before he retires, right? He wants to retire with honors, and so he's like on the edge a little bit. He's like making choices where he's maybe being a little bit uh, less judicious than he would because he needs a big win before he quits, right? And so your 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 job is kind of keeping him in check, like yeah, you want your big win, but also we can't gamble like the the fate of everybody in the ship and we don't want to make a big mistake because you're you're feeling like risky right now. And then the guys down below, they've got like all this like mechanical shit to deal with and all these problems to solve and mysteries. Like, why isn't this thing? How come warp drive is not working? And you're doing all these things back and forth. It's so great. And, but the thing about it is performances, voice performances, great. Totally on point. Love them. They even have um, Spock from actual Mr. Spock shows up. This is not a spoiler. It's in all the trailers. It's in their key art. So this is not a spoiler. Uh, Spock shows up, looks just like Spock, sounds just like Spock, and Leonard Nimoy is fucking dead, dude. So Mm -hmm. like whatever voice actor they got is doing a fantastic impression of Leonard. It sounds just like him, dude. So you're like, oh shit, Spock showed up and he's here. And you like, you do like a lot of shit with Spock and stuff. Somebody else shows up. I'm not going to spoil that. But like it feels on point. Performances are on point. The writing, I think, is just like a Next Generation episode. It feels like that. And the best thing is, dude, I got so involved in this. Like, there are some choices come up, and I'm just like, oh, man. Like, what do I... You're like, oh, which way do I go? Like, you actually give a shit about the choices you're doing. Like, there's some genuinely tough choices where it's like, I can only do one of these things. I can't do both. I want to do both. I want to do both. I can't do both. And you got to choose. And there's a limit to all the choices, and it autosaves all the time. So there's like, really, there's no going back. There's no... There's no you know safe it's all or anything like yeah like you just you got to just play it out right yeah and that adds an extra layer of weight to all the proceedings and when something happens like you know something and you got to make this choice it's so tough i'm not going to spoil the choices but there's been a number of choices where i'm like oh damn what the fuck what am i going to do and i just you know that feeling of giving that much of a shit about a game is rare yes and i just i'm all in on this game and i'm so invested in these characters dude i want uh, the lower deck guy, I want him to come out on top and I want that lady on top to eventually become captain. And I'm like, I'm pulling for them both. You meet these other aliens that you talk to and you care about the aliens too. Like the whole thing is just like, yes, yes, yes. This is all absolutely in the pocket. This is working for me. hundred percent. And I got to say the cherry on top of all this shit is as soon as you do a choice, the game auto saves, right? And you see a little icon in the top and the icon is the face of the person who is reacting most strongly to your choice. So I have gotten so fucking addicted to making a choice. I see the icon pop up. You stop, pause, 
there's a whole big screen in the menu where you can see everybody that you meet, everybody that's important, and you can immediately go to that box and see what they thought of you making that choice. It is like lightning fast feedback on whether you fucked up or made the right choice. Uh. And sometimes it's good or bad. It depends on that character, right? Sometimes characters are in opposition to each other, right? So like, I'll make a choice. And I see the thing come up. I'm like, oh, damn. And I go to the pause screen and it's like the captain. And I'm like, oh, shit, did he? Did I fuck up? And then you see what he, I'm not going to spoil anything. But like, you know, you know, it'll be something generic like, oh, the captain thought you were really strong in your decision. Or, oh, the captain was really mad at you for making that bad call. And I'm like, oh, and like, you, you know, you can't really go back to it. And so like you're constantly like racking up these little keeping tabs of who likes what and what's going on and how do I navigate this? And yeah. it really feels like you're really going through the world in a, in a way that really matters, you know, which is which is really rare. I love that feeling. dude. It's amazing. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that that is the feeling I'm getting from Miasma Chronicles. Mm, okay. okay. It, that, that is a through line of, like, caring, you know? Giving a like, shit is giving important. Giving a shit. Like, I give a shit about getting back into that world yeah. and helping Elvis find his mom and yeah. Jay get revenge, you know? And you give a shit about what's going to happen on the starship, you know? Oh, dude, I do. I do. I hardcore do. Oh, man. I might, too, by the way, because I was a next-generation person. Um, in I was of that era. I watched every single damn one of them. And by the way, I know you can't spoil it, or maybe you don't know, but I would love Q to show up, is all I'm saying. I can't say nothing about nothing. Okay, but it sounds like if it's Next Generation, Q should probably show up. Come on. I mean, um, they mention they mention Next Generation stuff. Like, this is this is in the world. Like, it's not its own separate thing. Like, they mention things that people from other shows would know. Like, so this is connected. Like, they talk about... Yeah the Enterprise D and they talk about, they name check John Lupicard and they talk. So it, it feels like it's all in the pocket, right? Like it's yeah. all right there. Um, I just, I love this thing. I cannot stop playing it. I'm just like, I got to see what happens. I got to know what's happening. What's going on. And like doing all the shit with the away team and everything back. It's fucking, it's, it's the shit, dude. It's so good. Okay. There are some cons though. Let me give you some cons. Um, the only cons are small, but they're technical. So it's not in terms of design. It's not in terms of, what you're doing. It's not in terms of the game itself. It's just like production, right? So like one thing that happens sometimes is the subtitles will drop out, which I feel like is really irritating, but it's just like a thing that can be patched. Um, sometimes you'll get like a dialogue and I use the subtitles all the time. And so somebody will say something and then all of a sudden like three lines will be missing dialogue. Okay. Irritating, but not a big deal. Uh, they can patch that. The other thing is like, sometimes the frame rate is not great, um, which is kind of, you know, I mean, this is not a very high tech game, it's not cutting edge graphics. It's not cutting edge like mechanics. It, it, it feels like small team woes kind of a thing. Mm. So sometimes it's fine, 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 fine. And then all of a sudden it'll like chug like real hard for a second and then it's fine. Um, but it kind of throws you out of it a little bit. So that's, that's a downside. Um, in terms of like the actual gameplay, the only things that I don't like about this are the shooting when you do phaser shooting and the ship flying when you fly the shuttle. So number one, it's awesome that you get to do all this stuff. And I want to like really be clear. They let you do more Star Trek shit in this than you've ever been able to do in any game ever before, except for maybe that MMO, uh, which I haven't played. But like, if you've ever wanted to know what using a tricorder looked like, they let you do it. You wanted to use the, the transporter machine, you're going to do the transporter machine. You want to fly the fucking shuttle, you fly the fucking shuttle. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But the shuttle um, is not great. Like, they need to fix the mechanics of that. Uh, you're flying through um, some shit in space and it doesn't quite work the way that I think they think it works. That needs to be fixed up. It's not it's not super enjoyable. I will also say that the phaser mechanics need to be fixed. Something about the camera goes wonky as fuck when you start shooting and it's really hard to shoot guys. Um, thankfully, you can turn it on story mode and just get past it if you want to. Or you can just try again. They just restart you at the beginning of the section. It's not like a hard fail and you have ruined the story now, which is good. Um, but there's definitely a few sections where you're shooting guards or shooting aliens or whatever, 
And I'm like, oh my God, I can't even get the crosshairs on this guy. Like what's going on? Like the, it's, it's so squirrely. Right. So those are the, those are my only complaints. It's, it's like technical stuff that can be fixed with a patch or can be polished up. But like when you take the, the bugs away, I think this game is so fucking amazing on point. It is absolutely in the Star Trek bucket, nails everything I want about it, feels right, looks right, sounds right. I am in it the way that I would be in any good Star Trek episode. And I'm just like loving the shit out of this game, dude. This is a rare, not rare, super rare, but like I know because I do the show with you. Um, you don't get this excited about many games. I do not get this excited about many games. Because dude. you're you've been going on. <laughs> And I've been like taking back seat going like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but that's usually, yeah. I, I mean, I do the same thing. Uh, I get, I think, excited about everything. But um, yeah, it seems really good, especially like you said. It's like a, well, I, I guess I said love letter. But like it is about, you know, if you love Next Generation, being in that world and like making important decisions in that world. Because oh, yeah, dude. here's the tangent is that when you when we watch those shows, you know, we all had our thoughts of what should have happened, right? Like, oh, I, you know, whatever. Like, if I was in that situation, well, now you are, kind of in a way. Absolutely, and it it it's so good. It's so good because you watch like those people in the boardroom making those choices, or you see, you know, John Luke Picard and Riker talk about stuff or whatever. But when you're actually fucking doing it, I will say there's been multiple occasions when we're talking in the boardroom or the 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 ready room or whatever, and like, God damn it, sorry. Um, and that happens in the board. And that happened. The alarm goes yep. off. And you're like, oh, stay battle station. Shields up. Um, but like knowing who's in the room and thinking about your choices and what you can say and what's happened. It's just like it kind of sits on you different. And you're like, sometimes there's no easy answer. And, you know, like whatever you say is going to piss somebody off. It's like and this is this is a fake example. I'm not spoiling anything. Fake example. But like, you know, maybe the captain will be like, I think we need to evacuate. And then you're the science officer will be like, no way. We got to do the, the special spray. And then the, they look to you like, what do you want to do? And maybe both are right in a different way. Maybe both are wrong in a different way. But whichever one you pick, you know that one guy disagrees with you. He thinks you fucked up and you can't keep everybody happy all the time, um, which is very, very lifelike. Uh, and so just having that that sense of like, oh, man, the captain's fucking pissed at me because I didn't back him on this thing. Or, oh, man, the science officer thinks I'm an asshole because I went with the captain. And just, like, carrying that around with you and, like, carrying that knowledge forward and seeing how it plays out in the rest of the game is is absolutely great. Um, I don't know how different the outcomes are because this is, like, my canon playthrough and you can't really, like, save scum anything. So I'm just rolling along, rolling along, rolling along. Um, I am curious <clears throat> to see how different it could be. But even if it's not that different... This just feels like getting the chance to live like the best next generation episode. And that yeah. it, that in itself, that's gold right there, dude. That's worth anything. So yeah, this it's is having agency within that within world. an episode. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah. Watch an episode, but you can make choices. That's the shit. It's absolutely shit. So again, if you like Star Trek even a little bit, this is an absolute must play. And if you don't like Star Trek or you don't care about it, it's definitely not going to hit you the same way for sure. But if you have that love, this is absolutely you got to play this. You got to play it. Check it out for check sure. That check out the last out. two games for My sure. My Asthma Chronicles, too. Definitely check that out for sure. Okay, that is the end of our game's coverage. I think we're going to just do a couple little quickie things before we bounce. Carlos, anything before we go? One last thing before we go? Um, just some visual stuff, uh, some shows and some movie things. Obviously, I'm watching John Wick Chapter 4. If you like John Wick, it's great. I mean, it's it's like a no-brainer, right? If you like that world, it's awesome. And it's kind of a surprising ending. Um, also, I did... See Guardians. Uh, I Guardians of Galaxy to, Three. 
yeah, volume three in a theater, I know. Um, me and my brother, I, I don't get to do much stuff with him. So once we can do things, we try to. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to go. And there's this little theater here in where I'm on the east side of Seattle. Where I, I never told you about this, but this is how it works. It's, uh, you know, you pay in advance and it's one where they can bring you food and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically it's if you're going with one other person, you get your own box. Oh, that's like, fun. Kind of like a fancy rich person. A little booth or something, huh? Yeah. And so, like, you know, people are in mass and stuff like that still <clears throat> for the most part. And in general, your booth is by yourself. So I always feel more comfortable doing that. I don't think I understand a world where I go back to the old school movie theaters. <laughs> like, they still freak me out. Um, and I don't know if I'm also, like, uh, freaked out about people now, <laughs> which is a whole other story. A tangent, you know, they like being around people in general. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I feel like... That. Like, let's leave aside COVID because that's part of the reason, obviously, and the main reason. But, like, I just don't want to be, like, seat, seated right next to people. <laughs> like, that's in not general. a thing I do anymore. That doesn't Right, right, right. Anymore. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. that feeling. Yeah. So, anyways, it, it's they're called iPicks. And I don't know if they're all over across the country. But, yeah, they, the certain ones have, like, a little, like, section. So, it's like our, we have our own room. Uh, anyways, I just saw, and um, my takeaway is, one, it kind of reminded me of After Us because it's, it's pretty heavy handed about like animal abuse mm-hmm. and it's just a weird last movie to go out on because in general it's a downer. Really? Like it's, okay. It's, it's, it's wild and funny and interesting and, and alien a lots of times and really interesting where they go and see all these real things and bombastic at the end with action. Sure. But the through line of the movie is about animal torture because hmm. uh, it's about raccoon, rocket, rocket, raccoon, rocket yeah. raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and what he went through and and it literally just has a lot of scenes about, you know, animals being experimented on. So I don't know if it's heavy handed about what we do in this, you know, country slash world, which is fucked up. And I can't believe we still do it. Um, but yeah, it just say so if you go to see it, it's a downer kind of. Um, interesting. Interesting. But then they flip it and minor spoiler, the very ending is very, very happy. So it's almost like they kind of bookend it with like, yeah, super positive. Uh, still happy I saw it. Um, okay, cool. And then I really want to tell everybody about the Smartless podcast. Uh, it's with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. What is the name of it? The Smartless podcast. Smartless? Smartless, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's pretty fucking popular now. I'm trying to find out um, the other guy. I always forget his name. I don't want to do that. Um, so Smartless podcast is a podcast that's huge and really popular. Sean Hayes is the other guy. Anyway, so... This is for anybody, anybody. I, I, I implore you to watch it. It's called Smartless on the Road on HBO, uh, or now Max. It's called <laughs> Max now. Yes, let's not get into that. But they're our episodes of them on the road taking this t- this podcast on tour. But it's really about their like you know interactions, and it's all in black and white, and it's just done so well. It's interesting. Like, it's really behind the scenes of you know these people talking and being friends and then doing this podcast. So I can't recommend it enough, even to people who don't know that podcast. Um, hmm. Smartless on the Road on HBO Max. It's really good. All right. Um, and then lastly, but not leastly, L.S. Mark, L.S. Mark on YouTube. It's fucking amazing. Talk about another thing I want to get back to every second of the day. If I'm not playing my Asthma Chronicles, I'm watching L.S. Mark <laughs> on YouTube because what he did is he made a six-hour video of ranking every Simpsons episode ever. Oh, dude, that's a lot of episodes, man. Up to season 32, and I think they're even past that now. 
but it's six hours. So it's perfect example of jumping into something like while I'm eating, you know, mm-hmm. and just like watching his ranking of them because he's quickly going through the episodes. And oh, it's beautiful. I mean, if you're a Simpsons fan like me, it's so cool that he spent that much time doing it. Wow. Um, and I just, it's like, it's like comfort food for me. That's bananas, dude. That's a that's a hella long running show. One of the longest running shows ever, I believe. I know, and they go through every episode of every season, pretty much. That's nice. And then rank that's a, that's a full time job right there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Dang. LS Mark on YouTube. All right, cool, excellent. Um, speaking of TV, I'm still watching uh, Silverhawks on uh, Amazon Prime. Eighties sci fi, I guess sci fi cyborg cop show where they are. They are partly metal and they are partly real. Um, I just really enjoy the show a lot. Um, I, I think the writing is really good for an 80s cartoon. Um, you know, I mean, you got to adjust your expectations, but I've seen a lot of 80s cartoons. I'm sure you probably have too. And coming back to it now as an adult, uh, I'm really liking some of the stuff they do. Some of the the way that they build the characters, the world building and stuff. I talked about it last episode, so I'm not going to go too deep, but still enjoying that. I'm about halfway through. 65 episodes in total. So I'm at like episode 30, something like that. Still a good time. Still enjoying that. Mm-hmm. And my son and I just got to season four on Attack on Titan. Did I talk about this before? I think you I did. did right? yeah. yeah. And I have already nuked out a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, but. yeah, So I, boy, wow. What a what a journey this whole show has been. So I didn't... Um, I didn't realize all the things that we were signing up for when we were gonna be when we were gonna be starting watching the show. I figured it was gonna be Titans and then people fighting Titans, and I figured that was what the show is about, which it is, but it's also about like a lot more than that. Um, some things more successfully covered than others, uh, but they started the show I think ten years ago, and just now I think it's gonna be wrapping up this year. So I guess I'm glad I waited until now to watch it because if I had started watching it ten years ago, I'd be. <laughs> I mean, how how does it even work? You watch like six episodes of the show, then you wait two years, then you get six more episodes and you wait two years. That's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know about that whole thing. I'm glad I'm watching it now quickly in a row. But they've only got, I think, one one more little chunk of the show to go and then it's all done. Um, Season four, which we are on, is a wild departure. I don't want to say anything about the show because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that can be spoiled in the show. And I realize it's been out for a while, but... If you haven't watched it yet, you probably don't know. Or if you did know, it doesn't mean anything to you until you watch the show. But it takes this like major left turn in season four. And my my son is having a hard time processing it right now. I had to like pause the show. We're talking him through it. We're kind of like discussing oh, things. It's it's not in ter- it's like in terms of filmmaking, the thing that the choices that they're making, and he's just like he's really struggling with it. And um, we're going through it now. So it, it interesting. Um. I, in some ways, it's better than I thought it was going to be. In some ways, um, not. But overall, it's it's a very fascinating thing. I, I feel constrained. I can't say much because I don't want to spoil anything. But boy, this show, what a what a crazy, wild ride this show has been for sure. I mean, I was, yeah, I don't know. Now, I don't know what I expected, but my expectations have been both fulfilled and not fulfilled. And I am surprised and not surprised and it's very, very strange. Very unusual. Very unusual. I have an idea why you're going through those things because I know stuff about it. And yeah, I don't want to go in that, on that journey, but uh, good luck to you. Yeah, it's really strange. Really strange. Um, anyway, last thing. The Mario movie. We never talked about the Mario oh, movie. Did we you didn't see either. it? Yes, I did as well. I saw it as it's well. It's on we, VOD, right? It's like it is, available yeah. everywhere now. Exactly. Yeah. We just downloaded it a couple days ago and we watched the Mario movie. And overall, I thought it was... I thought it was exactly what I was expecting in in a good way. It it does lots of Mario, you know, call outs and they they have all the characters you're expecting to see for the most part. Uh, 
Yep. And it does everything that you think it would do. I mean, I know a lot of people were like kind of grousing about it. Like, oh, it's just boring kid stuff. I mean, what did you expect, man? It's it's Mario. Like, were you... You weren't expecting I don't know Shakespeare, anybody who said that, by the way. I don't know any human who said oh, that. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I had a number of people who were saying like, oh, I was disappointed at how pedestrian it was. I guess, I, I guess I'm in the wrong circles when I talk about movies. But... Yes, I guess so. <laughs> Get out of those circles. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was totally fun. It was fun. It was yeah. colorful. It was just what I thought it should be. I, I didn't even get too bothered by Chris Pratt, which I was initially pretty bothered Not by. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, I thought Charlie Day did a great job as Luigi. And uh, it was, I mean, it was exactly what you thought it was going to be in, in a good way, you know? Yeah. The only two cons I have, and they're not very big, is that, one, it was super short. Um, and, I you know, there's graphics. It, it took a lot of, to do all that stuff. It looked beautiful, you know, and cool. Um, it just, okay, the con is, it's a little short, but also... What happened is the beginning, I think, is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like the real world situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. It's yeah. so good. And the little callbacks and the like the Jumpman arcade cabinet and stuff. I mean, they were just killing it. Like me and my brother were like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it gets right into a roller coaster of the Mario world, right? Into like Super Mario Brothers. Then it just never stops. It's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just becomes this ride. So I didn't enjoy that as much. I was like, oh, yeah, there's another thing. There's another thing. There's another thing. And I guess that I wouldn't call it pedestrian. I would just call that, in my mind, it was like a ride. Right. But I liked the beginning much better because it was down to earth. It was real and grounded. Like them finding the pipe level. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. just a sewer system. All that stuff felt like fucking beautiful. So if they ever do Zelda movie or Link movie or whatever and um another mario movie i think just ground it more and sit in those stories a bit more because yeah this was just like fan service 101 um which again it sounds like i'm being con about it it was fucking fun you know it was great it was great to watch i I agree with you i just think that beginning was so yummy you know what i mean yeah they kind of like you said it it did get a little breathless and they they did seem to be kind of on a mission to like get you know we got to hit this point hit this point hit this point and get add carts you know what i mean yeah cart racing exactly they had a lot to fit in there um and yeah i agree with you i think some of the quieter moments although there's not really like i'm not gonna say there's any quiet moments there's maybe like one or two but i think a couple more you know a little bit of downtime would have been okay a little bit more talking to the princess or something would have been fine but i mean it was exactly it was fine i thought it was great it was what i expected i wasn't disappointed and I also didn't expect the world from it too. So, I mean, yeah. I think that probably helps, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I agree with you. I liked it a little bit more of a, a pause in there would have been okay. Uh, a little less Donkey Kong would have been okay also. But other than that, I, I liked it. I thought it was very good stuff. So I agree. All right. That is it. That is a show. All right, folks, as per usual, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up. Somebody games podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at somebody games run Instagram at somebody games podcast. You can hit us up individually. Carlos, your traffic this week. Where's it going, sir? Oh, I was going to say my link tree. I okay. Forgot what it's called though. Is it possibly Carlos Rodella? Probably link tree, Carlos Rodella. And also, <laughs> um, also, uh, the, a lot of things podcast. All right. There you go. Excellent. As for me, same as always, um, basically any social media platform I'm on there. It's the same name for all of them. It's my name, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode three, three, eight, three, three, eight. Yes. Three, three, eight. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>